All right, guys. I think there's only really one way to start this uh, show. Uh, oh, That's not it. That is uh, not okay. it. Okay, got it. Sorry. I was going to say bye, guys. <clears throat> Welcome, everyone, to the Maestro Movie Podcast. Wow. Wow. I got Look. silver hair and eyebrows. We're going to do the pod. I've got Danny DeVito from Always who, Sunny who, here. Who invited, who invited Christopher Walken in here? Because these is... boots were made for Walken. Three of them, Chris. Chris, it's Chris over here. I would like Zach to recognize that each of us are individuals. Not all right. <laughs> Honestly, he, Christopher Walken just sounds like he's an AI. And like the words don't really line up ever. I love it. I love them. It best. sounds like Peter, like each word on. is spliced together. Dude, you, dude, did you, Peter? Did you see the new uh, quarter video that just went up? Quarter crew video. Which one? That just went. Up? Uh, the one where oh Sam no. replaced his somebody's no, audio. I, I did not. That I saw it come out like today or something. I literally just didn't have time. It's hilarious <laughs> and very relevant to what you just, how you just compared Walken. Oh, yeah. He sounds like an AI. Um, and boats were made for Walken. <laughs> like, that's just what they'll do. I love him. He's great. I did not see that coming. We're watching Batman Returns tonight. Wait, yes, what? we are. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Continuing our look through Burton's Batman at the... Most relevant time that we possibly can. Incredible pink sweater. Incredible, Incredible pink sweater. Pink sweater <laughs> like specifically to the movie we watch, not just the series, but just the movie we watched tonight in Batman Returns. Yep. Very much so. Um, and I effed up. <laughs> and Zach. Uh, I mean, just, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> we will talk about it. Zach will leave the room, and then we'll he'll talk about it next week, next episode. Um. So, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I won't, I, I won't lie. I watched this, I watched this one with mom as I normally oh, would. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh. I watched this. <laughs> how, how did not that the go? new one. Not the new no, one. No, no, I'm saying Batman Returns. How did that yeah. go? Yeah. She was okay with it. Okay. She mostly played word games on her phone. Okay, she was not paying attention then. <laughs> Are we? We'll we'll get into it. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Uh, well, let, me get it into let me put it. Let me put it this way. Let's just say that the response to this movie by most parents was, "Why the fuck did you? Why did they, Why did you market this incredibly dirty, violent movie to our kids?" <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the horniest superhero movies of all time. It's yeah. incredibly horny. Yeah, you know what? Catwoman gives him a hand job before she stabs him and he pushes her off a building. This movie's I, I crazy. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. My job did dropped. I, did that? What? Dude, yeah. th did these are literally These are literal phrases in this movie. Like when, when Walken is talking to Penguin, he's staring at some woman's ass and he's like, you can fill the void of the city. And Penguin goes, I'd like to fill her void. He goes, oh, you can I get things. That. <laughs> now that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a subtle one. There's another point where he's trying to sell Penguin and he's like, you can get money, power, the amount of poontang, 
He says, Poontang. Literally, Penguin walks up the stairs and he goes, ah, just the pussy I want to see. Like, this movie is horny. Horny, horny, horny. This movie's horny. I remember just being like, no, you know what? Okay, no. You know what? We'll talk about it. All I'm going to we'll say is I watched. It. I have watched this movie one and a half times. Um, I've watched this movie countless times. I'm, I'm just saying that there's stuff in here that when paid attention to makes it funny that you watched it with No, me. I caught it. <laughs> And I think Bob caught it too. We j- it just went unspoken. Like we had, <laughs> we had reactions. We had we had like verbal reactions, but like it didn't go it didn't go beyond that. I'll just be out. Like when he said um when he said I like to fill her void. I'm like ugh. Yep. <laughs> it's disgust, Bob just disgusting. I think Bob. I mean, I think um Bob shook her head. <laughs> <laughs> been in the in the sewer for like 33 years so that man was 33 years old that's all i gotta that, say all that, right that guy was horny well he all he had all he had were all he had were penguins he did have a flipper trick so he's had some experience oh my god oh. all right uh Let me show you my can we, can we go roll into news let's roll into news roll into news for god's sake make it so, stop so Unfortunately, we don't have news, so don't make it sound. God, we have you on for one reason. Wait, I can one show reason. you my amazing flippy trick. Ah, oh. <laughs> oh, I like to the... think, Chris, that you have me on for my subtle and terrible humor. <laughs> well, that's all of us. Yes, we're all subtly terrible. Hey. <laughs> hey. Hey. You know, I know, you, I know that you're not alone in your room, Peter, and that person did not disagree. <laughs> now I feel bad. Um, so there is no news. Okay, then I will bring something to the table, gentlemen, for a hearty laugh in these trying times. If you will, if you will, um, so. Prepare. I I think you may have seen this in passing. From NBC News. Disgraced producer Harvey Weinstein caught smuggling milk duds in jail. Wait, actually? What? What? Is that real? It's real. (laughs) Bitch in prison who was caught smuggling milk duds. People are getting shivs. They're getting fucking drugs. They're getting fucking like all this shit through their assholes. And this guy's getting milk duds. Oh my God. I hate that. I hate that he gets candy. No, the candy was found during a search on November 10th after Weinstein had a face-to-face meeting with Sean Berkeley, one of his attorneys. His attorneys snuck him some milk duds. They just enacted out the scene of heavyweights with Ben Stiller. Jesus Christ. Um, Why does he get candy? What the fuck? He, he does because it. he the has a lawyer. He's stuck, he stuck in it. He doesn't. He doesn't. It's not allowed. That's the point. He got caught. I know, but I don't like that he was eating candy. I hate that. I don't like it. it. I don't like that he's alive. It's a lot of things I don't like <laughs> about this entire situation. But I'm glad he got caught for something as stupid as fucking milk duds. Um. <laughs> And that the rest of the world knows that halfway across the world I know and can laugh at his fucking fat ass. <laughs> um, so I found this on uh, Reddit. 
uh, of all places. And so somebody quoted the article in saying that, um, uh, quote, the milk duds were confiscated and the guards warned that they would have to search his attorney's legal binders and laptop bags on future visits. For some milk duds, all, all because of milk duds. And that so lawyer this... has to go back to work and tell him, yeah, that's to search my stuff. I brought some milk duds to a rapist. Again. So, uh... <laughs> um, to, uh... to which one person asked, um, shouldn't the guards have already been doing that? Probably, I mean, yeah. I, I guess that's a fair point. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is, that's... To which definitely. I could not help but reply. Uh, as a, as a, uh, as a joke. So, uh, they're searching, I can imagine them searching the bags. And so the guard just was like, looks up to the lawyer, is like, uh, sir, um, why is there a, uh, pair of fresh panties in here? Mm. Oh my God. <laughs> well, how do you know they're fresh, sir? Because I used them just last night. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to jail. All right, then. <laughs> For the panties thing? That's rude. Oh, the milk duds thing. I did do that still. Yes. Going to jail. Well, he's a lawyer. He shouldn't admit that. Well, you know, he's I suck at my lawyer. job. I, I bring milk duds and panties to my clients. I'm not very good at my job. <laughs> You're still dragging me away for all this admittance of guilt? That makes sense. I'm a lawyer. I should know. <laughs> Hold on. I think there's a... Oh, so he actually had a statement. Real quick before we... Uh, oh, on. my he said, God. He said... Um, uh... <laughs> In a I'm statement so sure. to in in no in a statement to Variety, quote, "This was an innocent misunderstanding. It will not happen again. I have been a model inmate, following the rules and regulations, and I am sincerely sorry." Uh, you know what? I truly, I truly feel this apology from this man who refuses to apologize for all the rape. I really feel the sincerity. Why? Why of does this he apology? To, he apologizes for this, but he couldn't for all of the victims that he tormented. <laughs> well, yeah, I feel like the sentence for the milk duds thing is probably a lot less than admittance of guilt of countless attempts of rape. So, you know, I think he picked the right one to admit to. <laughs> I've gonna... been a good boy. Oh, been a Dobby good boy. Has, Dobby has been good ill. I've been an A-plus model uh, inmate, and uh, I do good, and, you know, I take I take lots of beatings from my from my friends and colleagues. <laughs> and yeah. oh, I haven't jerked I haven't off in any potted plants recently. I've been good. Well, I haven't jerked myself off in any potted plants. Well, I mean, I have, a, I have a history, as Harvey Weinstein have recorded. It's on documentation of jerking off into plants, and I haven't been. Same reputation. I'm sorry. Anyway, have you seen Goodwill Hunting? <laughs> why, why, <laughs> why can't he just get like you know shaved or something? Why does he have to just get in trouble for milk? <laughs> anyway, if he got uh, shaved, I feel like the world would like applaud. I'm uh, sure everyone would. Some people would be loud and some people would be quiet, but I'd be. I'd be like, good. 
I mean, if someone asked me, I'd say good, but I wouldn't just throw my opinion out there. Mm. You know? I don't anyway. wish death upon anyone, but. Well, agreed, but like, you know, good. But, you but know. maybe if someone crazy <laughs> did something, I wouldn't feel bad. Let's just say that. Oopsies, my knife went into your body. I mean, a second person who was connected to the Epstein case committed suicide in jail, so. You know, mm-hmm. you can only trust those things as far as you can throw them. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, I just found that it's like milk duds. All yeah, that's a funny thing smuggle. to get caught. I, I, he, yeah. it, the plan was a dud. It's a funny name of a candy <laughs> to get caught with. It's a funny name. It's a very silly name. I didn't know I couldn't have candy in jail. Sorry. <laughs> I was trying to sneak him some almond joys. That'd be funnier because who likes coconut? Fucking asshole. But no, it was milk duds. Yeah. Which or whatever. What are you going to watch a movie? Of course this guy who makes movie wants milk duds. Coco D's nuts. Hey. Oh Man. my god. Got him. You. Got him. Yes. Anyway, that's pretty that was I just saw that and I was just like, that's funny. I think yeah, that's, that's worth it. Five, ten minutes <laughs> making fun of Harvey Weinstein. Fuck that guy. Yeah, <laughs> fuck that guy. That's movie <laughs> news to me. Indeed. <laughs> How long has he been in jail for? How long enough? Is, is, That's all is, I wanted to is know. Is the rest of his life long <laughs> enough? Uh, I think it's been about, it's been two to three years. Good. Yes. Good. <laughs> two to three years, I think. I think that I, the reason I say two to three is because there's that year we lost because of the pandemic. I'm a little muddled by. Yes. So if there's no other movie news. There is one thing. Wow. Because you look like so depressed. Hey, no, Peter. I'm like like the the neighbors upstairs, the kids upstairs are just like banging so hard. Thing one and thing two. So so we yeah, kids are having sex. And three and four and Harvey, go back to jail. They're banging. Oh. The kids are banging. I give me some milk duds. Oh. He's definitely he's definitely a two faced Harvey. Oh my we'll God. see in the next movie. But up but up I'm oh. loving it. Probably, definitely, I'm not even going to get into that joke. Anyways, no. <laughs> <laughs> let's just say Harvey Weinstein may have gotten something into Two-Face. Maybe, if you had a pot of plant nearby. Peter, <laughs> <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> we We got a movie trailer about a week ago. Oh, oh, which one? Well, you see, there's this problem of this long-standing joke that Peter has, where people refuse to wear helmets in a certain place. God, and they're still not wearing helmets, (laughs) except one guy. Oh, I never saw this. Yeah, uh, Fantastic Beasts three got a new trailer, and actually, throw it up. It it looks good. I'll be honest. I'm still not I'm still disinterested. Yeah, I, 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 honestly. I, I kind of agree with Alex. It it looks good now. Like, I, as a representation of the wizarding world of Harry Potter, it looks good. The way people fight with magic and stuff, but like, I don't think the movie's gonna be good. No, probably not. Probably hey, not. There's no helmets. way. Lumber I just listen. 
I don't know what I care for less, this movie or Jurassic World Dominion. Oh, yeah, I care way more about this dinosaurs. Movie. I yeah, this movie less. Maybe yeah. it's just the pro- like. There's the prospect of maybe there's going to be like a genetically altered humanoid dino with a gun oh, strapped yeah. to its, it's arm like, oh. in the movie. Um, but I, think I don't know both... what to expect in uh, Fantastic Beasts three because I don't care. Both both have a possibility of having completely bonkers shit in it, and both have the possibility of just being bad and boring. Yeah. But they could play though. it incredibly. They could play it incredibly pl- safe in this movie. But I think the way that like spells are cast and people are fighting and stuff like that looks good. Like again, I think this. I think Peter Yates really knows how to film this world really well. But yeah, I, I that that I don't. I haven't like these scripts, and she didn't write this full script, so somebody else stepped in. So I'm excited. It's like a whole batch of new characters. Um, she she looks like an ultra Nazi now. Um, and then the guy, and then the human gets a wand, which you know, like, good for that actor. I like, I like him in these movies, and I like him in general. And I'm basically no, don't watch like it. Uh, you know, I don't give a shit. This, is, I would rather have, I'd rather have this one human. Look, the idea of the one human who would never knew what this world was getting a wand by the end of this is how this story always should have gone, because he always should have been the audience surrogate with Newt. Newt should have been this character. He should have been Newt should have been the Doc Brown of this series, and that guy should have been the Marty McFly. But that's how that shit should have gone. The women add their elements, and then they broad that broad them out over time. Add the brother, all that stuff. But that's not how this went. They became World War II stories, like real quack, like real quick, and then shifted, shifted the gear real fast. Like they said, we're gonna be a World War II movie, and then like two seconds later, they're like, we're fucking in it, and you're just like, oh my god. So. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how they can cool that down and make this fun, which I don't know if that's possible. That's what I'm interested in. But I th- I'm hoping the action set pieces are great. And that's about it. Like, that's the, probably the one thing. Like, not be don't be boring. And the only way you cannot be boring is to have some good action set pieces. Or it's a completely bonkers story decisions. And then I'll be happy. But there's more of an opportunity of bonkers story decisions in Jurassic World or that it would be a more entertaining movie if played safe than this one. I mean, this looks interesting overall. I mean, that ending where you just get Jude Law looking at him is like you enjoying your one and laughing about it. Like he knows that he fucking is and doesn't care. Uh, I also like um, Hannibal. You know, I'm glad he's in this. I like I like Mad Mad Mickelson. He he always plays a good villain, so I'm glad he's in here doing some back and forth with Jude Law. I agree with other people. Oh my god, it's an April! I I agree with most people. Also, Sonic Two is coming out in like two weeks. Oh yeah, yeah. Just saying. Uh, I I mean, weird month. March? Yeah, a lot of lot of stuff happening in March. I I think I think it may look good and have good action scenes, but. Uh, it's either going to be incredibly boring or incredibly bonkers, and I, I would be hard pressed to believe gonna, it's meddling. I worry that this is going to be the death of the Harry Potter world for a while until people, you know, give it some time and they're like, "All right, let's uh, let's let's retry some things here." Maybe, maybe they still got two more movies in this series to do. This so. is the past, right? This isn't even like this, this is, is this is prequels. Yep. Yeah. yeah. 
so this star is wars is doing it and now yep. <laughs> harry potter god yeah they, they still got two more movies to do so it's a five movie series what one step, one step forward two steps back yep yep six movies dude let's let's get like five movies five movies Here's five it. let's get like harry potter's like kid or grandkid or just like a new a new thing oh oh we have that it's called the cursed child oh good no 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 yeah um here's what's here's what keeps me on edge about this movie there's no announced runtime zero they're still editing they're still editing it they have a month left (laughs) there's some movies that get edited up to the week that they're released that become classic i'm sorry control freak me just made a a beta cameo they had like, two scenes left to shoot when they when they premiered the movie and they ended up in theaters. There was I, a cutting, credit scene. I have cutting a, to the end is is a common thing. I okay, Control Freak B came out there. I apologize. Like I would have liked to have had a cut done by now. Just like <laughs> you know, I'd rather it be a good thing, you know, for the better than for worse. So right, like if you're. To me, that to like to me personally, this is the preference of as a filmmaker, just my own tuition about it. It's like if you're if you haven't like solidified your cut within a month of the movie coming out, like what are you doing? <laughs> you still haven't decided well, the, what this movie is yet. Well, the thing is, it may not even be in your hands at that point. Like, let's right. say you shoot everything, you put in your edit, you have your edit, and then the studio's like, great, you've done your job we're going to go give a cut to other people now. And then if we decide to have your input on that cut, then we will. If not, your job is done. You just have to wait. And we're going to probably be working on this until the last minute because we're going to do test screenings and we're going to have studio execs look at this and we'll, we'll imbue your cuts and have those notes involved in ours, but we're still going to be tinkering with this long after. And some directors do not care. They trust and work with these studios long enough that they believe in, in that process and they believe their editors. And then uh, some people know, my guess is that Yates uh, trusts, W trusted uh um Warner Brothers sure making this. Warner Brothers makes these cool. So trust Warner Brothers and um uh, believes in the editors that he's given these movies to in the past. Um but that's usually how it works. Like the director films it, gets his edit and then he gives it to the studio and the studio's like, "Great. That's one of many edits that we're going to make." Aww. Especially the bigger the bigger the picture, the more the possibility. And especially when you have a film that's like it, this movie has to be good in some way to have this keep going with any good faith. Period. No one gives a shit. So my guess is they're going to be tinkering with this until the end to get it right. Yeah. I would not be surprised. Rise of Skywalker 2.0. Here we come. woo Maybe one day. 100 miles an hour in the wrong direction. All right. Fantastic Beast 3. Out of five. Ha! We're getting two more. Yes. Five act, all crazy. Five act story. I hope they get crazier. Yeah. I mean, we kind of know what when the last movie what is gonna happen in the last movie. They've they've been very upfront about kind of where this is gonna end. Dumbledore dies. Yes. Well, yes, that's true. Yeah, that does happen. Yeah. That'd be Somebody funny leaves. if we had no, like, he dies twice. Yeah. Oh, 
that could happen. Yes, Carrie Potter. Did. We 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 know that this is this series is going to end 1945. It's going to end with Dumbledore defeating Grindelwald. That that's where it's going to end. As uh, Germany surrenders. In 1945. Well, that's kind of Good. the problem with prequels. You kind of know, like, what's going to come up or which characters are going to last. You know, maybe the human dies or something, whatever his name is, or these other little characters. But, like, Dumbledore is going to... That gonna... would be hilarious if Jacob died. Well, I, if they go really crazy, Dumbledore might die and go to that weird little heaven in the train station and, like, come back or some shit. <laughs> Uh, uh, look, that's what surprised me the most. Like, it's a story about good and evil. No one expected Voldemort to win in Harry Potter because it started out for kids and then ends with teenagers. This is a story where, like, it would be... We all know Grindelwald's going to die. So, that means the journey is the most important aspect. So, why the journey is so knee-deep in the dramatic intrigue and and tragedy that is involved with war boggles my fucking mind and it's not it even should have been him. it should have been about collecting animals in a in a world and hopping all over the world and seeing more and having adventures but instead they're just like now nah, let's make them war movies again yeah. <laughs> that's all we know that's all we know i just think peter yeah. H should just make a world war ii movie just get it over david with Gates. and make david his name's david da- david i'm sorry there's another peter uh i just Wish he would make a war yeah, movie that doesn't involve with like brooms and wands and shit. On my screen, that Peter's right next to you. Uh, what's up, Peter Yates? I don't know what he sounds like. I can't. I don't know. <laughs> he sounds like that perfectly. You nailed it. That'd be great. Uh, so great. Okay. Um, it could be bonkers or it could be boring. It's one of those two. That's my that's my hypothesis. I just. I have no expectations. I'm done at this point. <laughs> well, we haven't gotten a Thor Love and Thunder uh, trailer yet, and there's like four months until it's out. Mm-hmm. That's what worries. Surprised. I worry. That's what makes me worry about Kenobi, because we haven't seen anything except the poster. And, that <laughs> mo- and that's in two months. Well, in fairness, Chris, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this to you. How much stuff of Mandalorian did we really see until just before it came out? They had screenings at um, Star Wars Celebration. Sure, like but we haven't months, had Star Wars Celebration like, yet. I know. And they're not going to show it a year out when there's nothing to show. Because it comes out when Celebration is going on. Okay, then that makes sense why there's nothing. Why didn't we at least get a Super Bowl ad? That would have been money. Because Disney doesn't care. I I do find it interesting. Why well, the other Disney one does, gives a shit about the, the rules? Disney does care because they put out the, the only big trailer that came out during the Super Bowl. But I just don't think people watch the Super Bowl that much anymore. I'm wondering if, if these studios are starting to treat things like musicians treat albums now, which is to not really announce them anymore and just kind of announce them and then drop them within a week. Like, hey, you know, we just put out a trailer, by the way. It's coming out now. Like, maybe they're really holding back their info because they don't have an audience to show it in front of. It's just on the Internet. And they and the thing about the life, the lifespan of something on the Internet is not as fast as something as like when you have a crowd of people there 
taking pictures and it's a live event and it's it becomes it you see the epic nature and the impact of it of that celebration so either there's something they're really trying to figure out or be they're like hey let's not you know do this in the middle of a of a war right now because that's another thing that's true like if that's the case then they disney might just wait and put out the thor trailer uh when dr strange comes out yeah it, it yeah it may be the case I, 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 it's hard to say because there could be plans that have, that people had within the last two weeks that have now been scrapped because they may think it's just un, it it just would be uncharacteristically uncouth right now. They're just like I don't know, maybe we shouldn't try and draw attention away from what's going on right now, and maybe they're waiting for things to be a little bit more cooled down, which they're kind of still at the same level uh, since Russia was like we're going in. It's hard to say. A lot of the news that would have come out the last two to three weeks have been put aside for obviously appropriate reasons. So not seeing anything from Thor within the last little bit is possibly because of that. Kenobi is interesting because you're right. There would be more of a push and celebration, except like the the response to Boba was cool. It wasn't loud. It wasn't great. And no one was like, this is terrible. But it was cool. And so I think Star Wars is just being a little tempted. The biggest thing they have coming up is Obi. So if this fails or doesn't live up to their expectations, what's going to happen? A bunch of stuff's going to get canceled. That's why. Obi! (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um... If nobody else says anything else. <laughs> um, I I haven't looked at them, but there's some possible Lego sets that got leaked for Doctor Strange, and there's some spoilers in there, so I've been avoiding that shit. Oh boy. Cool. Peter, don't look at the spoilers of the leggies. I spoilers the leggies. Good. I, I think. Illum- I think. They'll bring in the alternate version of Iron Man where Tom Cruise's brother, Terry, plays hey, Tony Stark. Hey, Terry, wait a second. That guy's... Wait, 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 <laughs> wait. What, what, about, what about the leak about... Shit, it doesn't work this way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't really give away information. Yeah, he can't give away information to make a joke That's on his not side. How any of this works? No, I, <laughs> I wanted to make a na- thing where you replace the the first letter of the first and last name, but then I remember <laughs> I want to talk about as the same first letter in their first and last name. So it's the same fucking thing. God fucking damn it! <laughs> oh, there's. I mean, it's not quite movie news, but. It's movie related and show related. The Muppets are now uh, a minifigure series in Lego. That's up and coming. It's gonna be gonna be twelve of them. What? Did you see me? I can't do Kermit. They're like the little mystery fig packs where you have to feel around and see which one you're gonna get. That's what she said. Oh wow, that's great! That's what she said. Yeah, that is what she said. It's gonna re- reach in here. Oh, 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 oh! We're used to that. What? People putting their hands in us. Yeah, <laughs> pretty used to that. If you got lube, we're okay with it. Hi ho! Hi ho! Hi ho! 
That's his safe word. Hi ho, faster. Hi ho, ho, hi ho. Um, uh, I like that. You know, interesting. They have a set. It'd be better if they had a fucking movie. Oh, show. It's, it's the next Lego movie, The Muppets. Uh, oh my Lego god! I actually would movie? Love that. I no, love that. here's I what they'll do: that. they'll make a Muppets. Oh, they'll make a Muppets movie or show. It'll be animated. They already oh, have. It's called Muppets. Oh my god! No. Honestly, I'd watch a, a Lego Muppets movie where it looks like the Lego Movie or Lego Batman movie, but it's just Muppets. What are they if just made Lord, fun of? Like... Lord of Miller. Muppets in Lego. Uh, in oh. space. <laughs> it's like uh, subtitles. Uh, if it was Lord and Miller, I'd watch that for sure. I, I feel like you'd watch anything Lord and Miller put forward, though. Considering I haven't seen the after party yet, that is not true. Everyone fucking loves it, and it's filled with people I enjoy, including Ben Schwartz. So, no, I haven't watched it yet, and I feel very bad about that. Bad. What would Lord and Miller do with a Sonic movie? Uh, probably make it good. Burgers. Probably, I think I think they make a fun one. Twenty three Jump Street featuring Sonic. Man, I wish we got that twenty one Jump Street with Ben and Black. That would have been nice. <coughs> My name's Jeff. <laughs> My name's Jeff. Yeah, already a J. Yeah. Hey, he ain't got time for your problems. Mm. So anyway, who wants to go first? Who's going for it? I'm going last because the Batman was the only thing I, I really t- watched. I guess I'll go first because mine's easy. I didn't watch nothing. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> um, well, yeah, Alex, that, rock, that, paper, scissors. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're very certain about what you want to what you want to talk about, right, Peter? Yeah. Yeah. Why, why don't you go? Because I have a couple things. That I'm okay. Let me think. Uh, so I finished the series uh, Atlanta, or at least what's out of it. There's two seasons right now. And the third season is coming at the end of this month, March. So yep. I I said I'd I'd wait until I'd finished, you know, what's out there and then I'd and then I'd talk about it. Uh, the second season was honestly better than the first. And the, the first one was still really good. Like the first one was great, and then the second one was like, you thought that was good? Okay, well let's uh, let's just dial it up. So I'm really curious what what's gonna happen, where the, what direction they're gonna go because they they went they went in so many directions. It it just was they're just playing with these characters at this point, like it in a good way. Yeah. They didn't they don't have a definitive structure to anything, so they're they're very free with their their options on where to take the characters. So there were, um, besides the, I mean, there's, they're all kind of main characters at this point. You really see all of them in, not at the same time, but you see all of them very consistently. So they all kind of match each other, but Donald Glover's character, uh, earn. Yeah. Earn. He, he was still, I, I would assume, a main character, but they really gave the spotlight to the, these other people. And there was not, there weren't quite bottle episodes. There was only one bottle episode. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the other ones 
still had, you know, the cameos of the other characters in it. Um, and they were kind of bottle episodes, more like metaphorically with what they're feeling and, you know, what, what they're going through on a day-to-day basis. You kind of see more of them in like their own, they get their own episode sort of deal, which is very, very fun. Like how, I don't know, I don't remember the last time I talked about it, but um, one of the things I said about that I liked about the first season is these characters, they don't feel like characters. They feel like people that exist outside of what we see of them. You know, you yeah. can you can assume like, you know, maybe like the office, like, oh, time has gone by, but you really just can't tell. Everyone's wearing roughly the same thing every episode. You don't really, <laughs> you don't really know. It's not like, you know, months later, it's like next week or something. But yeah. For for Atlanta, you don't really get that. And the only the only time it, it feels like time has passed, if they don't say what day it is or, you know, if if they have something that, you know, they're leading up to in multiple episodes, you just have characters like off screen. Seems like they fight and then, you know, they're weird about it in like the next episode and you just have no idea and they never answered it. It was just really interesting. And they they brought that. They brought that um, with the second season, but they also gave each character their own kind of little limelight, almost little spotlight. And you just you go you honestly you go back in time for some of these episodes and you see these characters when they when they knew each other when, you know, they were kids because Donald Glover's character and then his, you know, he has a cousin. He's like the manager of his cousin. And his cousin's a rapper. So like they've known each other forever, but you see you see some some of their interactions when they were in elementary school. You kind of so understand really... <clears throat> you kind of understand why Paperboy uh puts up with Ern and his inability to change. Right. And he yeah, they made they made a promise that that they would always, you know, stick with each other and watch each other's backs, but Honestly, the last the last episode of Atlanta, Earn Donald Glover's character really, really holds up his own, and they kind of have, they kind of have a talk about it, and yeah, you're not quite sure where things are gonna be when you know the third season starts, but it's, it seems like it's gonna be a good thing. It doesn't seem like Earn is gonna get fired from his job or anything. It just seems kind of like a serious talk, but. What happened in this in the last episode of the second season was was kind of like a level up for Ern. He he demonstrated that he can take care of these things himself, even though that he's the one who is fucking up. He's <laughs> now able to fix it on his own without having his cousin like interfere or help or you know his friend uh Darius help at all or his parents yeah yeah like that was it was really cool and it the after a while it seemed like the the main message or that i was getting from the second series was evolution how these characters are are evolving or you know growing in a way Mm-hmm. It's very interesting, and I'm really excited about the the third season. Um, I kind of want 
I want to stay spoiler free for the most part. So I don't I don't want to say specific stuff, but there's one episode that's truly a bottle episode with um, Darius, uh, their their friend that they that they live with. Uh, Lakeith Stenfield. Lakeith, yeah, he he kills that role. It honestly just seems like he's playing himself. <laughs> but, uh, he he had a bottle episode that was very uh, interesting, and Donald Glover plays a character that's not Ern, and <laughs> it's, Teddy. it's pretty great. It's it's pretty great. Quite quite a interesting episode, and I watched some behind the scenes on it, and they, <clears throat> it's a creepy episode. So. When they would normally shoot Atlanta, they would have, you know, there's there's like dead air before and after a line just so they can get the right cut. If there's, you know, if they want a little bit more time before the next line goes, you know, they have a little cushion time, but they they left the cushion time in. They left that dead air in this uh, horror episode with Darius. So this creepy character that Donald Glover plays you know, it takes a few seconds for him to just reply, and then he says something, and then it's it, it's creepy before and after, and you're waiting for him to say something, and he'll say something, but the creepiest part is the time it takes him to say it, and then the silence that falls and follows after. It's very creepy. It's <laughs> so creepy. Uh, very excited to see where they're going to go from from where they left off. In the second season, yeah, that's what I watched. So, so you haven't even seen a trailer yet? No, I haven't even. Wa- I don't even want to watch a trailer. It's interesting it to hear. Pretty, about it looks pretty good. It's interesting really? to hear about it because my um, my dad um is um, he uh he, he's very fond of like BET shows and like <clears throat> TV one shows, but like here's the thing. Like, I walk in, it's the same thing with my mom and her soaps. Like, I walk in, and, like, it's all Tyler Perry manufactured, just, like, schlock. Okay, okay, wait, wait a second, wait a second. I'm going to step in here, and I'm going to say something. What do you think Atlanta is? No, I know no, I know what Atlanta is, but it's just, like, it's, it's nice to hear about something different. Something about, like, that's more, like, organic than, mm-hmm. like, Tyler Perry trying to make a, a show about a cult in like in like around the same area like rural Georgia. Just like um like uh Waco. Like Tyler Perry yeah. trying to make Waco. And I mean, Tyler, Tyler Perry just sees anything Tyler Perry just looks at anything and he's like, I can make a story out of that and he'll make something out of it. I do respect that about him, but he, I it also means he doesn't think very hard or follow through on the logic or like what an idea really whether it should be an idea that should be followed yeah. through or not. I do agree with that. Um there's a lot of great black television out there. There's a lot of great black yeah. comedy out there. I would say the closest things to Atlanta out there that I'm um really liking there's a show that ended on HBO after it's like third or fourth season called Insecure. It's basically girls, but with black women. It's really good. Um, it, that's where Issa Rae came from. She wrote and directed a lot of that. Um, and then there's a show that's basically like Friends that's called Grand Crew on NBC. 
all black actors. It also has Nicole Bear on there, and I think she's fantastic and hilarious. Um, and that's like a sitcom one, like a live action happy endings, multi not multi camera, but single camera sitcom. There's no live audience, but it is very funny. I think they're very good. And then there's an Office esque show. In fact, it's one of the closest things I've seen to The Office in a long time. It's called Abbott Elementary. It's called. It's also on NBC. And it's all black teachers, all mostly black students. And it's just about their lives of trying to like be teachers in a school. And this very sort of Amy Poehler um, S character from Parks and Rec coming in like, I'm the new teacher. I'm going to try and change things that everybody else is like, you don't fucking know what it's like to work here. You're in for a trip. And it's a very funny show. And like there's a lot of great black comedy out there right now that is better than just what Tyler Perry has Right. set up but i would also say that like in the early 2000s uh girlfriends moesha um the show oh, yeah. that broke off of it the parkers those were great shows on a network channel that was bought by the wb and turned into the cw the U- upn used to have great black comedy on there and then eventually it got swallowed up and we wouldn't get another great one ah, until blackish and then I just missed it then yeah oh absolutely yeah because then i would watch like because uh friday night smackdown because if that was when i was a kid like early 2000s then early, then uh friday night smackdown would be on upn and i'd watch like sitcoms afterwards just to like go to bed like everybody loves raymond um what else was oh uh, gosh maybe i think friends probably nah, not actually not, i don't think friends seinfeld I think Seinfeld was on there. There's a, a UPN had a legitimate nature of like seven to nine p.m. of actually producing black comedy. Then yeah. this it was bought by CW, became that, and then the only real black comedy sh- focused show was Everybody Hates Chris. And then it became Blackish. Blackish really pushed a lot of things. And then if you went further, there were some out there, but like as of within the last five ten years. There's a solid group of black comedy out there. Solid. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. It's just good to know that it's out there. You oh, know? Because, yeah. like, my dad just created a bubble for himself. Whereas he'll, like, watch that channel and, unfortunately, reruns of The Cosby Show. Sadly, that's a great show. It that's is. What sucks the, that's what sucks the most about it. it yeah. It was a great show. It's 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 tragic, really. This, this is what I would say in terms of black sitcoms that are great and should be remembered for different reasons. I do um, hear I do hear Blackish is pretty good. Blackish, I've watched enough of it to know that yeah, it's pretty solid. And it wasn't a mockumentary show, which has immediately won me over because at the time they were overrunning things. But uh, the Jeffersons, um, uh, what's happening? Um, and then in the 90s, Martin Living Single, and then the UPN had a great batch of ones with, like, Moesha, Parker's, all that stuff. Uh, I have a soft spot for, like, hanging with Mr. Cooper. Keenan and Kel cannot be undermined. That was a really good two black leads in a mostly black cast on a Nickelodeon show. There was no other show like it until, like, My Brother and Me. And then, um, and then yeah, like, my, my Everybody Hates Chris then blackish and those are the two biggest ones until now where like a show a comedy especially is an ocean 
It's an ocean of shows. There are this last season alone, I can think of at least three great shows that are as good as some of my favorites from like five or ten years ago. There's too much good comedy out there. There's so much you just have to look. So there's a lot of great black comedy out there right now, for sure. And great black and a good uh, black drama too in Atlanta. It sounds like. Yeah, it's, it's Atlanta. Cool. It's a so it's a blend of both. Yeah, yeah. Atlanta is both, and they. Yeah. It's, I mean, for the most part, like ninety five percent of it is written by Donald Glover, and I would say like eighty percent is directed. Like he did the first season for the most part, but the second season there there's a there's a there's a handful of episodes that he did not that he just didn't direct, you know, for whatever reason. Maybe he just thought you know other people would do it better, or he just wasn't available to direct. He was just a- able to act in the in the scenes that he was in or something. Um, I mean, his, his writing and just the way he can create a world really, it's, it's so fascinating and he's, it's not, it doesn't feel like, um, well, it's literally not, you know, some white ass director or writer writing a show or having this idea, mm-hmm. pitching some idea if it of mostly an all black cast in these situations that happen with them. And I don't know what the case was for um, Love Lovecraft Country. I don't I don't know how that was fabricated or you know made to be, but it wasn't the level of like use your use the trauma of you and your ancestors and put that on screen so people can binge watch it. Like the last episode was really good for that, but. The more I was reading about it, the more I was like, this is these these actors were going through a lot and seeking therapy after this, after they made that show. And it just wasn't it just left a sour taste in my mouth. But for this, they they address the. Um, the negative things like all the time they you know have characters coming in and out of each episode where they're either weird or it's some white guy that's you know it seems like his hobby is just collecting things or uh like african items or uh, literally his hobby is appropriating black culture thank you thank you yeah that's what he's doing and he has a a a black wife and she's like aware of all of this but you know she's rich as hell so she just doesn't care it's all these things and he's really fucking weird too that that's that's another highlight i don't think there's a single like boring character in this show they're all very interesting and fleshed out but they 100 percent address day-to-day issues that have been going on since you know the dawn of time for for black people and yeah it it doesn't it's not the same level of like i don't even know what to call it. like horrific torment is what lovecraft country was was but this is like educational this is this isn't it seems like this is like people taking their own personal experiences that are built uh, from the shoulders of other people's terrible traumatic experiences, and they are channeling it and and presenting it to you in a way that both makes you laugh, think about, and feel for the experience of these characters. It's not just a comedy. It's not just a drama. It's not just art house. 
it really is one of the best shows out there about the black experience because they take in all these elements from all these different genres and they approach it to you. A lot of people are like, it's the David Lynch of black comedy shows. Other people are like, it's um, it, 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 the other reference points are all over the place. Just like uh, yeah. weird directors that you would need to see the work of to necessarily get. But like at the end of the day, you still get an episode where like uh, paper boys with his barber. That's like a flat out fucking amazingly hilarious episode. Yeah. It's just funny. There's like no drama to it. No characters are going through any immense uh, dilemma of conflict or moral uh, complexity. It's just a funny episode. So like the show is trying to give you everything while at the same time, that's what life is. Life is the experience of everything. And I think that's what the encompassing of all that, but also allowing it to be a fabric um that you care about in only two seasons so far is exactly why it won uh, one and was nominated for a shit ton of Emmys. Right. Like and it's, it's incredibly well-respected. It's educational value as well. <clears throat> it's, it's very interesting co- to compare this show to Lovecraft country and how they address these subjects and address the appropriation, racism, unfairness of, you know, every single black person on this planet it's it's really good. I mean, that's not good, but like the, how they present it is good. And, and Peter was making some really interesting points when he was talking about it earlier about the journey of of uh, Glover in general and how all these different jobs he's taken and the journey of how he's picked all of them have just made him a sharper and sharper writer. All these different jobs of writing for a sitcom or writing stand up or writing hip hop or writing all these different things, um, the writing spec scripts that got him work in the first place to being an actor to improvising on set. All of these elements have led to him to create this show. And that's kind of why it has all these different senses to it, because he really just kind of like. I'm going to I'm going to master this and then I'm going to leave. I'm going to master this, I'm going to leave. I'm going to master this and then I'm going to take all of them and I'm going to wrap it into one experience of what it's supposed to be like to be a black person in the south with uh, um a friend of yours who has a talent who wants to be a rapper and you can join in and like maybe you can make something out of this. That is an incredibly common story that they have somehow found a way to tell in the most interesting, compelling and universal way. That also isn't like anything else out there. Yeah, it's, it's really so, crazy. It's so unique. I really haven't seen a show like this before. I'm really excited for the for the next season. I would also say that a lot of what I, I know you say you haven't seen a show like this before, but I really have to hand it to FX. They have a lot of comedies that are this weird and obscure and have this kind of pace to it. FX fuels this kind of odd comedy. I think the the two closest things I could say to this that I can think of that are original ideas from FX um, man seeking woman with Jay Barishal, which is this kind of dating show where he's just looking for a woman, but every episode, like, like it's a, every, they take the fantasy, they fantastically take a metaphor to its physical uh, idea. So in other words, it, he finds a girl, they start dating and they're just so attached and clingy to each other that literally they are physically attached to each other in the show. Like they share a body. <laughs> so that's that's how the show works. It's like really good. And then eventually the last season, he finds somebody and they bring a girl and they actually form a relationship. It has that kind of weird 
odd humor to it. And then Baskets with Zach Galifianakis about the clown. Like, it's another <clears throat> David Lynchian weird-ass show. And I think FX is a huge reason why some of the best comedy uh, has come out of them for the last two years. You're the worst. Um, better Things Thank is you. ending its season now. FX has great shows and great obscure comedy. Not to mention It's Always Sunny and Wilfred and all these other great ones. So Atlanta is uh, at its proper place. It's at its proper home, I think. If only they were able to lock down uh, uh, Donald Glover's Deadpool. <laughs> if only. Uh, I, that would have been his, crazy. That been I liked crazy. his animated Spider-Man idea. Yeah, he just he just has good ideas. And it's I thought that, you know, in an unfair way that this guy was just like whatever he did would just immediately get greenlit and, you know, he would go make. But no, he like his character in Atlanta, he's gotten he's gone through a lot of shit to get to where he is now to get to the to get how sharp he is now. He, he had to, you know, there's so many ideas that he's just had to scrap throughout his time of of uh existing in hollywood that i just i really just had no idea about like deadpool like spider-man all right alex your turn uh okay um so uh i'll let you guys kind of choose if you want me to go deep into this but i did finish peacemaker um I did finish that. Uh, I I watched um, a movie. I watched. I rewatched a movie called uh, Chinatown, starring Jack Nicholson. It's a film noir from the seventies. It's Roman Polanski, so that hasn't aged well at all. But oh. um, but it is his most famous film. It is considered to be one of, if not the greatest screenplay of all time. Um, I think Casa, I think that might be Casablanca for me personally. And uh, it is fucking excellent. The first time I watched it, I was like, eh. And that was back in high school for the AFI list. Then I watched it again years later when I was really into film noir. And I was like, okay, I get it. And then I watched it now and I was like, fuck, man, this thing is really fucking good. Uh, it's a really good story. Um, but uh, I... Um, I, as much as I love Chinatown, I think I would like to save it for a possible episode one day. Um, I, the ending is very famously not happy, so I'm waiting for the day to pull it off. Um, it's also maybe one of the best Nicholsons, and you don't know a lot of early Nicholson, Chris, so he, he was... He is one of the greatest actors of all time, and he has one of the greatest runs in the 70s of performances ever. You know, one flew over the cuckoo's nest, all that shit. Um, so it was really great. Um, I watched another movie called Heathers that was written by the guy who wrote uh, Batman Returns. But I'll talk about that a little bit when we get to the thing. And I, that's another one that I would really like to put on the show. So uh, I think I'll talk about uh, Peacemaker then. Uh, OK, what did you think? Uh, I really liked it. I really liked it. I thought it was good. I thought it was the, I think it's the best of, uh, the Marvel DC shows that are out there just because of the challenge that they had to make you like this character. 
um, or at least empathize with this character. I think scene is very good. But also, I think that the... um, I think I just think I I think James Gunn is very good about taking outcasts and weird characters and bringing them together to make a family. I also think he's a very smart about taking that family and tearing it apart. He's done that with other things too, um, doing that process the opposite way. <clears throat> I loved uh, a lot of the violence in it, but I just I like I. I I, I like a show where the main character. I, I like the, the fact that the main character is absolutely. The whole point of the show is that he's re-examining the entire meaning of his existence and purpose of life. It reminds me, the most of oh oh you know what okay I I'm gonna make this short and I'm gonna talk about the thing I really want to talk about. I completely forgot about it and I'm being an idiot and I totally told Zach that. <laughs> but I'm now I'm now remember I now remember what it is. I, I now remember what it is that reminds me of it. Um, I, I like the aspect of Peacemaker the most. And the thing I'm cutting it short is I talked about a lot about it last week that I liked, um, particularly Cena. Uh, I like the fact that it's a show about a guy examining his purpose, uh, the reason and the purpose of what he's doing to find out that the bad guy is literally doing the exact same thing that he is doing. And he realizes that that's wrong and that he needs to change mostly because a, he just doesn't want to do it anymore, and B, he realizes it's wrong. First, he just doesn't want to do it anymore, and then he realizes it's wrong. Um, but that reminds me of the one, the two Batman things that I did actually watch in preparation for this week and the other movie, and that is the first two episodes of the Batman animated series, which I haven't seen forever, which is an hour-long story of him meeting Catwoman for the first time, and I watched Mask of the Phantasm for the first time. Oh, love week. Mask of the Phantasm. Which uh, everyone says is one of, if not the best Batman movie out there. Um, It's very good. Uh, It was very nostalgic for me. Um, A lot of great lines. Uh, But it's basically Casablanca mixed with the end of Batman Returns. So, like, I get why people like it. It is fantastic, but it's just, like, these two things mashed together. And, like... His love interest should totally be Catwoman, and it's just not. And like if, if those elements were there and they just gave into the world of Batman, I would have been like, this would be absolutely perfect for me. I would say, considering all of the Batman movies I've seen, it might be my third or fourth favorite. But it was very good. Kevin Conroy was great. Mark Hamill was great. Um, I really liked the way the city looked in this compared to what the show had the city look like. Um, and again, it's just like watching Bruce stand in front of the grave and look at his parents and be like, I just want to be happy. Can I please give up this vow to be Batman? Can I please give it up? Can I please not do this anymore? Could you please let go of me? And then the woman's like, I'm here for you, dude. And it's just like, she's one of the best love interests I've ever seen of Batman. I really love that shit. But uh, it, it was very good. I really liked it. Just all of this Batman shit I've been going through. It's really interesting to see Batman Returns and Batman 89 basically create the thing that everyone thinks is the best adaptation of Batman, period, and that is the animated Kevin Conroy one. Mo- uh, most people agree that that's the best version of Batman that's out there, live or animated, uh, period. And it was very cool because the story of the first two episodes of the show are basically the story of this movie, but differently. Um, 
and one of the things I found really interesting is like uh, Gotham keeps the Art Deco thing, but they do not. It's one of the cleanest streets I've ever seen. Gotham is so fucking clean in that show. It's ridiculous. There's not a lick of goddamn litter on any trash corner <laughs> anywhere. There's no trash cans. It's ridiculous. Mm. <laughs> I love the blood red sky. I just love the look of it. It's so nostalgic for me. Um, so I'm glad I watched it. I've never seen it before. I think it's a great Batman story. And um, yeah, Kevin Conroy is great. Early, early Kevin Conroy had a lot of youth in his voice. He was really fun. Um, <laughs> I really like. I really liked it. Um, now I've seen other animated Batman movies, and they just don't have that kind of scope and caliber to it. You can tell that this was made for the movie theaters. So I really liked it. I thought it was very good. Um, as a Batman thing that I can talk about. By th- um, I'll be talking about three Batman movies this episode. <laughs> I hope you guys, I hope you guys out there like Batman. This, this in particular. That's the um, thing. I mean, like, I that is my test this week to literally push if by the end of Batman and Robin have I been that Batman down. And to be honest, I would still absolutely. I want to see the Batman again in theaters again, but I also want to wait until I own it because I know when I do, I'm gonna watch that shit a lot. Um, <laughs> I'm not sick of that new one. I'll tell you that much. Are we? Does everybody remember when uh, Peter Weller, uh, RoboCop, voiced uh, Batman? Did he really? Uh, for uh, the Dark Knight Returns animated uh, adaptation, he did. That was him. That was him. Oh uh, well, I like Peter Weller. I've seen oh. clips of that. I've seen clips of that. Uh, animated one same thing with killing joke same thing with uh a lot of them i've actually seen a clips and pieces of a lot of the animated ones but mask of the phantasm is about going beginning to end and seeing what the what it does with bruce and batman in general as a character and i think this batman returns the batman and the dark knight and Batman Begins are the best ones that explore. And I want to watch Batman Forever to really understand how they explore him because I know they really explore Bruce Wayne pretty well in the next one. Like, he, Although Nicole Kidman wants to fuck his brains out and that's her goal the entire movie in the next film, she's a psychiatrist and they do talk about the psychiatry of Bruce Wayne. And there is some uh, interesting oh ideas God. there. I'm not kidding though. She doesn't hide it. She's like, I literally use the bat signal to fuck you. Like, I forgot she was in the next movie. Can't she's gorgeous. Oh god, she's so hot. That's that she's there for. It's amazing. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, um, Mask of the Phantasm and Peacemaker both are uh, stories that I really like because the characters are sitting down and examining why they do what they do. One character doubles down on the vow, and another character. Uh, it decides that his ideas need to change. His beliefs need to be ideas so that they can change. He basically pulled the dogma. He's like, my ideas are so concrete because of what my father. And I love the fact that Peacemaker is this guy because he was raised by the worst person ever. But deep down, he wants to do good. But the only thing that he learns how to do is to murder and kill people because that's what his father taught him. So I'm going to use that to be peaceful. Like that, you can't. That's that's fucked up. You're fucked up, bro. I love that he's starting to understand that that is not a belief anymore, but an idea that is now malleable and can be adapted and changed. 
And one of the things that has really helped in that process is having friends, which is one of the things that changes anyone and teaches anyone what empathy is and how to be a better person is friendship and, and connection. And James Gunn understands that better than anyone. It's why he's made so many uh, outsiders coming together to form family films because it, he he makes weird movies for weirdos because weirdos just want love like everyone else. Um, and I think he understands that very well. Those, those are the two things I watched that I'll talk about. Um, before we, I guess we talk about Batman, there is one thing that I did get to enjoy. It doesn't really, have, I didn't really like watch anything, but like I did cross something off my bucket list. I went to the first Ave main hall. Oh my Friday. god! Never done it before. Well, spill the beans. I it felt, honestly, it felt like walking on hallowed ground because Purple Rain was like shot there. Yeah, um, Purple Rain's great. It looks, it looks bigger than it is. Yes, That's even like that. <laughs> Never heard. Walked of right into that. Why? Never right. heard that once. Never heard it. Hey, you're single. Well, no, I could be single and still hear that. But, no. You just said you'd never heard it. Chris, we'll have that conversation later. <laughs> I, I'm, say, okay, I'm saying Dad. I could... Su- <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, go ahead. But, like, yeah, it just felt so much bigger than it actually was. And, um... Like, yeah, it was just actually experiencing, like, Minneapolis, like, nightlife was, like, a new environment for me. I was just like, this is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, yeah, this, the, it's a really, to me, I, I'm a fan of, like, those, like, indie, like, underground aesthetics. The, like... First Ave, the main room, like, fits that pretty well. Just, like, that I felt like this is a lot more famous than your average, like, underground, like, music venue. But the way it's, like, the way it's designed and looked and, like, that all black, like, it just felt, it just felt like you were part of like an exclusive group that get to that gets to see these acts. So the reason I was there. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just like watching like, um, watching like second or third, like, um, like third rate, like wrestling cable shows as a teenager and seeing like those smaller venues, just like, I don't know. Just like, I think that's where it came from. Just like, I like that there's not a lot of people who like this and they're all passionate about it and they're all <laughs> on camera. I just, I don't know, but like, in this compact like space, it's like, I don't know. It just felt, I don't know. Something about that just like is aesthetically pleasing to me. But the reason I was there is that they had the best new bands showcase. That's seven bands, guys. Half an hour each. About this. Yep. Yeah. The event started at three. Our boy. Austin 
took the stage at 11:30 at night. <laughs> oh my god, man! I Were people you clearing said... out? No. Oh, that's they good. weren't. That's how popular they are. I, like I was talking to him today. I was like, uh, the, the, he was talking. He was just like, yeah. Usually they die off towards the end. I was like, no, it was more full at the end. It was that's... the most packed at Aww. the end. They were like, people around here are about Dury. Like they are about these guys. Um, good. And uh, so yeah, they uh, they performed them. It was just like. I was there with a few friends. Like, I wasn't expecting that. I was just expecting them to be there and enjoy the show. Because it's 11.30 at night. I was, expe- I was, I'm usually the one who does that kind of, who pulls that kind of thing off. Like, <laughs> at 11.30 at night. I was just like, I left and I thought it was like, like nine o'clock. I was just like, no, it's one in the morning. <laughs> wow. Um, and so, yeah, so they uh, performed. Uh, the funny... The funniest part was that he got his trombone guy from Coyote Kid and to do a, a solo during a song. And the sound guy had him muted. No. I was so disappointed. I was so sad. I was like, no, Johnny, no. No. Did they, did they I- fix it? No. Oh, my God. I was right in front. Like literally, I'm standing right here, and behind me is the sound is the sound people on the floor. Then there's the sound booth up in the corner. If you've been there before, you know what I'm talking about. And what happened? And so like, they have this phone that they communicate with each other with, and he was playing, and they were just like going back and forth, like trying to figure it out, and they never did. And I was heartbroken, and I was even further heartbroken when Austin told me that he was like. Yeah, he's like he learned he learned the part. He practiced like pretty much the whole week. He gets Stop. up there and he's muted. Oh. God, that sucks. Awful. So he had a whole Awful. solo prepared, and when he started, was anyone else playing? No, the whole band was playing. There's okay. nobody could hear him. So <laughs> unless you were like, right up front next to him. But like they didn't last the whole time. He didn't last no. the whole time with his solo. Yeah. So it was pretty quickly they, like, changed. Is that what happened? They were like, all right, let's continue the song. No, no they, uh, no. They kept going. They just played the song. Austin played the song as normal. Austin and Tara played the song as normal. They just, just <laughs> There's just a muted part. There's just a muted trombone. What the hell? First happening, everybody. Um... <laughs> And, uh, but that was just so sad. But anyway, um, I mean, seven bands in one day, there's going to be mistakes. Every band is different. You got to get the sand right, sound right in everyone. There's going to be mistakes. One thing I did not expect. They were allowed. I don't know if any of the other bands were allowed to do this, but sacrifice a baby. No. Okay. Encore. Oh, man. They went up and got an encore, which like oh. stretched them out by like 10, 15 minutes. That's what she said. That's awesome. So um, Dury got the encore or Dury Kyra? got the encore. Okay. Um nice. Kyra Kid wasn't there. It was just Dury. But he just got his trombone player for a part in the song. Mm-hmm. Um but uh Yeah, so uh what is that song? 
he likes closing. It's not a song that he did, but like he, um, he, there's a, I can't think of the song that he does. I'll have to, I'll, 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 I'll come back to it next week or maybe you guys. Let's, let's just assume it's take me out to the ball game. No, it's not. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. Just a guess. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. Oh, Jimmy world, the middle. Thank you. Everything, everything will be all right, all right. Except, just yeah, dude, I love that song. He does that, like he does that as like I think that's his one like cover song that he that they do. Ah, it's a fun one. That's cool. And I was literally, dude, a mosh pit was starting, like an actual like legit one for that was, song. Yeah, because it was the end. People were really hyped. Yeah, man. What day? What, what, what day? What day of the week was it? Friday night in December. Yeah, morning. dude, you want to be the fucking band that plays at eleven thirty at a fucking Friday night in the main room of First Ave. Yeah, man, that's the that is the time you want. Um, absolutely. So uh, good for them. I, absolutely. Uh, I was I was there on the edge, but it never like spread out. Like it never got it never got like bigger. Than from where I was at, I like I like jumped. I was like I was ready to go. That's what she. That's said. what she said. Like, God. <laughs> Peter beat you to it though on my end. Um, no, dude, it was perfect on mine. <laughs> whatever. Literally so, perfect on mine. <laughs> so, I um, man, I would have crossed that off my bucket list. Like if I if I was able to mosh on the floor of first half, like that's it's fun, man. It's fun. Except the last time I saw a. Uh, a uh, a mosh pit. Uh, there was a woman who uh, apparently dislocated her elbow. <sighs> like literally, I don't know if it was a dislocation, but like literally, like she was walking around talking to her friends, and she was just holding her elbow like this. Stop. She could barely no. even. That's she could okay. barely even get her arm in the jacket. Like that's all, all right. All right, all right, all right. Battle right. um, wounds, battle right, right. wounds. So and I was just like, is this really for me? I just got to do it once, right? <laughs> um, man, how do you dislocate your elbow, man? There's so I don't many know. bones in your elbow. Maybe she just, like, tore, like, like a tendon or something. I don't know. <sighs> but, like, she could not move that thing afterwards. So something happened. That's what she said. Oh, my God. I got, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, that's low-hanging fruit, guys. Like, why am I such an easy target? <laughs> the last one was a very long run-on sentence filled with opportunities. It had to be done. This time was low-hanging fruit. Peter, I do not forgive you. <laughs> wasn't asking for forgiveness. Oh. It wasn't seeking permission either. Um, Aww. But, like, yeah, that was, like, so much fun. And uh, I'm looking forward to doing it again um, at some point. I know they run wrestling shows, so I might go to one of their uh, one of their uh, wrestling shows. Yeah, get in the balcony. Oh, I was up. I was up in the balcony looking for uh, friends, and like, yeah, I was like, but there were no, there wasn't really a good spot, and all my friends were on the floor anyway. So, for in my opinion, for first stab, since I don't like to be on the floor anymore. I like to get there early enough to get on the left side of the balcony next to the speakers, and I've I've always loved that spot. It's always a great spot. We're gonna be I'm gonna be there. We're gonna be there in two weeks, baby. 
for Animal Collective, right? Hell yeah. Oh yeah. That'll 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 be fun. Um, I'm going like, to the yeah. varsity. You know, I'm going to the varsity in a week. Yeah. Don't forget the don't forget about the Coyote Kid farewell show on April 22nd at Amsterdam Bar. Um, we're just there. We're just at the Amsterdam. All right. So now I guess now I guess now's the time, guys. This is only one movie I watched outside of uh, and you could basically say they're the same movie, but that's as far as I'll go. Um, Zach, if you're still there, now's the time. I'll message Bye. you when we get back. I'll but I'll set a, th- a I'll set a thirty minute timer. I'll see y'all in a half hour. See you at nine forty. Yes. <laughs> see you at ten thirty. Yep. Bye. All right. What? Uh, Peter. <laughs> um. All right. So. The Batman, directed by Matt Reeves, starring Robert Pattinson. That's Cillian Murphy. Uh, There's a Killian. I don't know anymore. It's a C. I automatically go C. Hardly newer. I believe it's Um, Killian. Killian Murphy. Okay. So, so this is what... I actually watched it before I went to First Out. So I went to Showplace... Watched the movie, left, got to, um, went to uh, like the closest McDonald's, got some food, and then went to first half. So this, oh, you had two slam dunks in like one sitting. Yeah, yeah it sounds like a great <laughs> night. It sounds like a oh great my god. I'm and I'm single. Um, so. That's how you trust me. If you were, if you had kids, you would not be able to do that anymore. I. This is the time Who to said do that. I, never mind. Um. So <laughs> when you're with someone, you could have kids faster and not be able to do other things like this. Man, you're in your twenties. Don't worry about that shit. You're fine. Anyway, whatever. Um. I'm no, jealous I, like, of that night. Um. But like, yeah. I. So I uh, saw it. Biggest screen possible. Highest res. Kicked butt. I really liked it. <laughs> I really like this one. I like Matt Reeves' style. I like how I like the way it looks. And I'll talk. About, you know what? I'll I'll say I'll save like my my most the thing I'm most impressed with it until later. But I'll let you guys kind of review it yourselves first. Can I ask you a quick question? What other Matt Reeves movies? Have you seen? I think um, we did First the, Class, Let Me In, and the Three Apes movies. No, that was Matthew Vaughn who did First Class. Ah, so, okay, there you go. Guy who did Kingsman. Uh, um, uh, what was I the know, other movie that you mentioned? Uh, Let Me In, which is a remake of Let the Right One In. Uh, was that with Micah Monroe? Possibly, yeah. Little Girl Vampire. Little no. Boy. No, that wasn't it. I'm thinking um, of it follows. I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of it follows. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, you're thinking of it follows. Uh, he was he was part of the J.J. Abrams um, uh, group from from Felicity and uh, Lost. He worked right. with Abrams for a long time, and then he eventually uh, did his own, I believe. And did he better than him. Done, he may have done Cloverfield. He did do Cloverfield. He, he may he yeah, Cloverfield is the first have movie. Seen- I actually have seen Cloverfield, and I've seen so his two Planet of the Apes movies. I've seen so, his two Planet of the Apes movies. 
that's pretty much it. And then this movie. Let Me In, and then the two Apes movies, I think, are the four movies that I know of. Can't think of yeah, anything else, else. I, uh, I, that, outside of some writing that he's done. He was a big part of Lost and Felicity. Uh, and Alias. Uh, so, interesting. Okay, so you've seen Cloverfield. All right, cool. Um, and the Apes movies. So, just to, like... I really, <laughs> I really like... Like, I like the style. I've been meaning to watch something like this in a theater for a while. That's just, like, it, it just feels like, uh, man, what am I actually, I lost, I lost my, I lost my train of thought again. Um, anyway, it's, it doesn't matter. But like, I really like how this looks. I've been meaning to watch it. Like, um, biggest screen possible. Like, it's easy because, like, I know wasn't Dune kind of like shot for IMAX? It, uh, I don't know if all of it was, but it certainly had some of it. Yeah, I like I missed. I don't know if this movie was shot for IMAX, but like, I just there's something about like widescreen that mm-hmm. I like in a movie theater. Like, I just like that's where for me that's where it's that's where it's at for me because like I just like watching a movie and like in, like a movie that was in widescreen in a theater like a movie shot for widescreen like i i just something about that that i have missed but like that's all to assume that bat the batman was shot for i if i'm actually not um, uh, I, I will well i will say that there is i don't know like there are movies because there's a difference between wide widescreen and imax because right just just because something like Lawrence of Arabia is widescreen, 2001 is widescreen. IMAX is a different kind of thing. But I will say there is an argument that can be made for old 30s and old, old films from the 20s to, I would say, the 60s. Because back then, movie houses, the screens were like gigantic. So there is something to say about those square box movies that there is some a detail and some presence that was made for a giant screen that really does work out at like Willow. So seeing 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 Casablanca Assistant Kane at Willow was a treat because you were seeing things that normally you would not have noticed because it was intended even then for a bigger screen. Um, but yeah, I don't know about like this that. one. Oh yeah, yeah. Too, for for sure, yeah. Um there's but this one I don't know how much was in IMAX. I don't I'm not sure. So um Robert Pattinson great armor perfect that is perfect batman armor um like Colin Farrell disappeared mm-hmm. I don't know where he went but he sure wasn't the penguin and if yes. he was that's crazy seeing the red carpet and I'm like oh you didn't even gain weight for the role you just that's just I don't know how they did that. I don't know how props to the makeup department. I don't know who it was, but yeah. that the the fat on his face looked real. Like his jowls were moving and everything. Survived rain. And that that's really hard to do to make something look like skin and move like skin, especially on the face with all with all the muscles in your face. 
Right. That was that was pretty mind blowing. Like he, he has a chiseled jawline at the red carpet. Like how did what? I thought he at least gained some weight, like he did for the lobster or something. But nope. The seemed like the, it, myst- the mystery. Solid. Loved it. This might actually be a movie my mom might enjoy. Because <laughs> she does love detective stories. This kind, I'm not sure. There's only one way to find out here. Um, mm. um so he cra- okay, performances are all around. Like I really liked uh who played Gordon? I'm sorry. I I Jeffrey Wright. His name. Jeffrey Wright, thank you. I was I was thinking of his name all day. Uh you just you've just I can sleep now. Um, yeah, it's really nice seeing a James Gordon that's present in a Batman story. Right, right, <laughs> right. Something Thanks. we're not getting yeah. in this uh, series. So I, yeah, all around, I really like this. This may be one of the better comic book movies that we've, I'd have to go back and see, but like, I think this is one of the better comic book movies post Endgame. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like I forget like all because mostly because <laughs> I th- I've totally forgotten that list but like Yeah. It's not long. It's it's not that long. But considering all the Marvel ones you've got Black Widow, Eternals, Shang-Chi which I think is the best. Um Spider-Man which although I think is amazing, I think Shang-Chi is more focused and those two are really great. Um, amazing. We Spider-Man? had we had the Suicide Squad. Um, it's about all I can think of that I think is that great post end game. Yeah, Suicide the Suicide Squad was a lot of fun, but man, this one went hard. Wait, was this, um was the Justice League post end game the Snyder Cut? The, Sni- yeah, the Snyder Cut was was last year, yeah. All right, that that's really good. that's the only other thing I thought of. I agree. I think those four are pretty solid. Um, but this is this is being its own thing. Not. Uh, I think this is as good as like Logan in terms of trying to present this genre seriously. Nailed it. But nailed it. But I, uh, it is basically a David Fincher movie. It's highly. It owes a lot to two specific David Fincher movies in general, and that's uh, Zodiac and Seven. It it takes from both of these. Yeah. Um, pretty heavily. And the look, especially, it looks like a David Fincher movie, and it's amazing in that regard. Um, uh, for me, the I I love the mystery stuff because I've always wanted this. Everyone keeps talking about since I was a little kid, Batman being the greatest detective in the world, and I never saw it. Uh, yeah, because it was never given. Well, what's yeah, it was never given. What's funny is he, I mean, although he was. Mm really good he did fuck up a couple times and he's only yeah. two years into this so if this is more, only two years this is more like the beginning of his detective work this isn't him like you know 10 years in the game doing detective stuff and he's really good and you know he could could, could have solved this mystery in like you know an hour in real time but like, if, like if this I, what, was 10 years from now i think what's the thing about a good mystery and a good detective story at least for me is that if you're going to hit the bare bones basics of it, the mystery doesn't necessarily have to be good. You just have to get the aesthetic and the vibe right, which uh, it, as a film noir, it got that right right off the bat. So I was like, OK, so you've got me in the door. Now keep me in your house. And the the thing that I love about the mystery is what you're talking That's about, Peter. Is that, uh, yes, of course. 
uh, it's cold outside. Um, what I find really interesting about what you said, Peter, is um, he is early. He isn't the best detective, but also the Riddler is holding his hand. Like mm-hmm. the Riddler wants him to find this stuff out. The Riddler fucks up, and they still have to have the Penguin to help him out anyway. But right. like, like he, the reason he needs Batman is just to do the things that Riddler has already figured out. The thing Which that he hasn't want, figured yes, out wants to work with him, and the fact I, that all pretty much every single character has this has the same ideas, but they're they're using those ideas differently. And yeah, but uh, yeah, I agree. The the Riddler, I mean, Alex missed it. He he uh, he came into the theater like a, after the first scene started, but the scrub the Riddler whose fault started is that? Out, huh? <laughs> the Riddler started out um, looking through uh, the the guy's window, just like at towards the middle of the movie, how Bruce Wayne was looking in on pe- on Catwoman's window. That like literally this this the same exact shot, and then the first time we see the Riddler, he's standing in the shadows, lurking in the shadows, and so the, these characters are all so similar. That was a great intro. Like he's just standing there the whole time. There's like, that's why I appreciate uh... the ending so much. Where, where Batman, Bruce Wayne, they, he, realized how flawed he was. And how how flawed his his system his system was, uh, and he didn't even know it. And all it took was for you know this guy that he just beat the shit out of, who's bombing the city, who flooded the entire city, to just say, "I am vengeance." And he's like, "Fuck! Oh my god! Oh my god!" Yeah, that did not look good. <laughs> for him. Yeah, the change of character was very interesting. So I, I was wondering how they were gonna. How are they? How they were gonna play it at the end? Because like these these characters are are so similar from one another. So I wonder how how they will split apart at the end, and how they will both be defined in the end. Because they were they were devi- defined very similarly uh, at the beginning, and that's why the Riddler wanted Batman to work with him. He was like he the Riddler felt like he was almost on the same side, if not on the same side as Batman. And he was playing with him and giving him hints on stuff. And he didn't really realize that, no, Batman was there to, like, lock his ass up. And, you know, you know, (laughs) that would be it. Well, I think it was interesting to me about this movie in comparison to something like The Dark Knight is is in The Dark Knight, Batman stops the major scheme of the Joker. It puts him in jail, but loses the overall war when... um, Harvey Dent turns bad and they have to lie to the city. And that's that lie erodes the city from within mm-hmm. uh, all the way to the next movie. In this movie, the Riddler wins. He goes to jail. Sure. But he wins. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he always assumed that he was going to be going to jail because he made that video. What he loses is the overall battle because he thought that Batman was the same at him as him. He thought Batman would understand. And instead, Batman rose above that saved the city and now the city looks at him way more than they do riddler which is exactly riddler's problem riddler which by the way guys i don't know if you knew this there is actually a prequel novel to this movie and it actually explains a lot of the uh where these characters came from uh bruce wayne uh pretty much had his own little fast and furious movie as a teenager he built that car 
from when he was 16 years old. He used to street race. And Wait, what? When, yep, Chris, hear this out. He fell in love with a girl named Dez as they were racing in street racing. Um, and then That's uh, a song one lyric. day... That's a song one lyric. Day, now, the Riddler was, as he says in the movie, an orphan. He was raised in Bruce Wayne's house after his parents gave away the house as an orphanage. And that picture of the Riddler in the movie when he's looking straight ahead as all the other kids... He's looking off to the side at the camera while all the other kids are looking ahead. He's looking at Bruce Wayne. He has to live in the house of Bruce Wayne. He grows up in this world knowing this isn't mine. It's this other rich kids. So when Batman at the end of the movie is seen as the hope and the light to the city and does not agree with the Riddler, it calls him insane. It's basically the exact same thing. He sees this rich guy do what he does better. People love him with all his fucking money. And he has to like saran wrap a suit to his face and like, do all these like hidden things behind the scene. Like he has to get 500 people online on the dark web to actually help him get this done for him to do anything. Like he has to work behind the shadows as a smart person because he doesn't have the ability to use the strength. And that's because he doesn't have what Bruce Wayne has. He's never had what Bruce Wayne has. And without even knowing that Bruce Wayne was Batman, he was sitting there thinking that Batman was going to be, Oh, I'm so you, dude, you and I are a great team. We totally saved this. Let's totally flood it. Let's flood the city. You and I are the best. No, instead, Bruce Wayne slash Batman, <laughs> they, he resents them both. He used to just resent Bruce Wayne. Now he resents Batman, too. Which is, I loved the yelling that Paul Dano was doing in that cell. No! No, 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 not supposed to go this way. I was like, awesome. <laughs> He's yeah, so good. Yeah, psycho. I wasn't even sure the bombs were going off. I was thinking, oh, maybe this is right. edited in a way that this could happen. And I was like, shit, no, they're going off. And that's no, no, they're going what off. made me – that's what made me think of Chinatown, like in the sense that like he doesn't win. The Riddler wins. And now the cards are set for Gotham to get worse and for Batman to rise and get better because things get worse. Like Gotham now really truly needs Batman and Batman has to not just be the guy who beats up – Criminals, he needs to show that this city can become better and right. be hope. And that's a great setup for a next movie, while at the same time being a great conclusion to this character. Um, yeah, there's a lot I liked about this. Yeah. Speaking of Gotham, I think this is my favorite Gotham specifically. The way, the way there's so all these screens and neon lights plastered on top of old, rundown buildings that look like castles and just worn out brick everywhere. It's like it's trying to be something that it's not. And then all that changed after, you know, everything flooded. So it's, it's building from the ground up now. Cause before this, it was a metaphor for the city, how everything had a face to it, but it's what's behind that face. That mask is what matters. Um, and that being said, I really liked how Bruce Wayne, Batman was portrayed in this and how his true mask was Bruce Wayne and he felt like his true self when he was Batman when he put on the mask which is the complete opposite of the Riddler and um the city you know Riddler you know had to put on the mask for his identity and you know he did say in the movie that he felt like he could be whoever he wanted with the mask but he 
is the same without it. And when he's in that cell and screaming, that's the Riddler and whatever his fucking name is, Perkins, whatever. That That's both of them screaming in that moment. It's not like it's this different thing when he's wearing the mask and he feels like his true self. No, he was stripped of everything and you saw his true self in that moment. But with Bruce Wayne and Batman, when he had to go into the club uh, without the suit and he was, I mean, he was shaking and he was terrified and he wanted to go see what's his nut. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's, and he's like, the rain is down and his hair is down and he's like, he can't even look these people in the eyes without looking absolutely terrified and seeing how, how all of that was stripped from him. And that fear was very different from, uh, from the Riddler and how he feels like he can do more with, with this suit and feel, feels like he can do more with the suit, but it's all, it's all in his head. Really. He can do just as much without the suit. I mean, yeah, he can't like, you know, inject some Bane serum in his thigh at the end or, you know, throw some battering at someone. But like he goes around and he puts a helmet on and he ri- drives around on a fucking bike and he's pretty good. He's pretty good at being incognito then. And it's I- I'm really excited to see how he acts in the second one. If if that dynamic changes within himself, if he feels more unified as Bruce Wayne and Batman and he feels more comfortable or if it just if if it's even more extreme than this movie where he he feels like he can barely even go out as Bruce Wayne anymore i i feel like and they joked about this in the interviews about how it'd be interesting if they get to the point where he it start learns how to be a playboy but then enjoys it too much that he like forgets to be batman he like quits <laughs> but yeah like alfred's like you got to be batman and he's like but i'm going to Bahito. like i'll go have fun like they were having some fun with it but uh I uh, yes, this is the one movie out of all of them where he is like in the suit the most, which is important because that's the one thing I've never really cared about when it comes to these Batman movies. Like I grew up with these four Batman movies we're doing. I've never cared about who the Batman was. It was Bond to me. They were my Bond. Like I cared about Gotham. I cared about the villains. I cared about the look, the vibe of all of this. I didn't care about who Batman was like. And if you watch these movies, he's still they like Kilmer, Keaton and Clooney are not Batman that much. It's really interesting how yeah. much more they are Bruce Wayne. And I really wanted Pattinson to look and feel like a good Batman because he was going to be in the suit that much. And I loved him. I thought he was great because he is Batman. He has no grip on Bruce. He does not know how to be Bruce. He doesn't like it when people call him Bruce. He hates to be Bruce. It's so fucking obvious. Like he just doesn't like it at all. So my hope is in the next movie he learns how to grasp who Bruce is more like he understands that Batman needs to be more, but I would really love in the next movie. He understands that Bruce needs to be an individual because in the animated series and in the comics, he is both. He has learned how to be both Bruce and Batman. He knows that when he needs, yeah. yeah, Even Ben Affleck knew how to do that. He knew how to balance those pretty effectively. I want to get to that journey. Like he is, very early as batman but this is the batman it is about the batman not about bruce mm-hmm. like one of my favorite things that pattinson said about his performance 
and it relates to something Peter said too. And um, Peter said that like the first time we see him walk out of the shadows, he's just shaking with rage. And Pattinson said uh, he played the character as if when he puts on the suit, he is, he thinks he's indestructible and invincible, which is a bad thing to think because yeah. he's not, he's a man. He could get electrocuted. So all of that stuff, I well, find it really was electrocuted proof. It was, it was, um, he still got shocked pretty good. I know he still got shocked, but I think more a better example is when he put that flight suit on and just bit the fucking ground. That, that was, was a very pretty, humbling experience for him. It's pretty aggressive. Um, I, I would say this is probably my favorite Batman movie. Um, is it the best one? I don't know. If you were to add Mask of the Phantasm to the conversation, it'd be another story. I think Dark Knight is great. But this is what I want. I love that it was... I didn't mind that it was three hours long, but I like that <coughs> it was basically a two-hour detective film noir movie and then a one-hour really great Batman movie uh, at the end. Like People can argue about how many endings there are, but at the end of the day, like if you're a three-hour-long movie and I don't mind that, then I don't care. But there's so much you can take out of this to make it a, a, a tighter experience, sure, but... I love the aesthetic and the style and everything about this so much that I didn't care. So at this point right now, I cannot judge that accurately without any bias to it. But well, the way I did the way I... go ahead if you were if you weren't finished. Well, I was gonna say like stuff like the penguin. Like I love I love the performance. I love the elements of it. But what did he do? He just led to a Spanish translation joke. Like that is that is what you have in film noirs. You have witnesses and weirdos and stuff like that. It just builds to it. But when you have another hour of the movie left that has to do with all of this like destruction of the city and the right. Riddler I and mean, Bruce Wayne, like his, you could have lost it. His role was very important at the end though, and how he was gonna be the one to rise up because we saw him not really I mean, they call him the penguin, but it's not who we thought he was gonna be. Oh, he so you mean they it's it's really interesting how everything they added with the penguin is just to set up more stuff in future material. Yeah, I think that was interesting. Yeah, it's it's better than how Marvel does it for sure. But you didn't need to make this movie three hours. It could have been a tight. Actually, it's not three hours. It's actually two forty seven. But you could have made this tighter by taking out penguin altogether, and you don't really need Damn. that element. Does it does it thematically work? Does it propel the story? Is it all stuff that I enjoy? Absolutely. I don't want you to take it out, so, but you could, and it would be a tighter movie. And I find that all the, the only reason that's there is because he's getting his own show and like, that's cool, but it could be a tighter movie for that. This isn't a perfect movie. There's still political and thematic things about Batman that people made arguments for that. I'm kind of like, uh Oh, but like, I don't care. I like film noir and I like a detective story and I've loved Batman as a kid. So this movie won me over for all of all the aesthetical reasons just uh, alone. And so as the weeks and months go on and the discourse gets more interesting, I'll see it. But like most everyone is like, I fucking loved it. So, yeah. So we're we're running low on time here because we're coming up on an hour. Yeah. So one thing I did want to highlight about the whole Batman Bruce Wayne dynamic is like okay, okay. Actually, hold on before I get to that, guys. We have done it. We have gotten a new Batman without a scene of Tom and Martha getting shot. We have done it. I mean, we didn't do it. We didn't. Do, we, I can't really take responsibility for that. 
I will. Um, you're welcome. So, but um, I just thought that was, was like they didn't show his parents getting murdered. It's like, thank God, because I've seen that way one too many times now. Um, what they did but, do that I find really interesting is they the the revelation of that murder in terms of when it's revealed in the story. Like, if you don't know who Batman is, you're 11 years old, and this is the first movie you ever watch. And the first way you learn about it is Batman not knowing whether or not they were killed on the street or this guy Falcone did it. And the movie puts him in a situation where he decides he's going to throw Falcone in jail and then Falcone gets shot because he's like, I'm confident that I can still be myself regardless of whether I know the truth. That's all embedded in learning that information late in the movie without having to see it. And I liked it. Um, but like the whole Bruce Wayne Batman dynamic I'm used to, okay, Bruce Wayne puts on a charismatic act, like, to, as a playboy, as a rich billionaire mm-hmm. playboy, um, and then he's just Batman. It's like, okay, like, with these superhero things, being the superhero is not the hard part. It's being the alter ego. But in Batman's case, the superhero is the real person <laughs> and the rich guy's uh the alter ego so i like the idea that okay i'm a fan of doing things against like stuff that's that 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 came before so when batman um so when it came to the question of how should we portray bruce wayne it's like okay the norm says okay the answer to this problem is Make him so much as a playboy that no one would believe that he's Batman. This movie pretty much just like dodged the problem altogether by just making him just like this shy, almost like isolated emo. guy emo. And I was just like, they didn't even they didn't even try to address that. That's brilliant. Like. They just were just like, okay, A, they hardly even had him put him into a situation where he is Bruce Wayne, where he has to be Bruce Wayne, and B, like, when he was Bruce Wayne, he was just, like, he wasn't charismatic. Like, he wasn't taking up anybody's attention. Like, he wasn't, he wasn't at a point where he could have been that. But um, I just like that it just circumvented the whole problem altogether. They're just like, we're not going to deal with this. We're just going to, like, he's just, like, secluded. Like, and he walks into that last bit with Falcone, or Falcone. Falcone. He's, he's Falcone in the Dark Knight, okay? Um, well, no, well, it's Maroni in Falcone. So he's called Falcone in the Dark No, Knight. I mean, from the, from the comics, the famous names of these two crime boards are Falcone and Maroni. That's no, that's not Nolan's problem. Anyway, um, how do you know these are your men and not Maroni? Like they've both been used in movies before. But like, yeah, I was just so impressed with how they just like they just said, "We're not gonna try and address this. We're gonna keep it on Batman." Makes him more interesting, to to, in my opinion. When we do go to Bruce Wayne, we're not gonna make him this la- like this um, over the top playboy billionaire. It's not really happens- what the tone of the movie is either. Right, like, also, it's what came before. 
Um, to an extent. Like, I know Affleck was kind of that, where he's just like the dumb billionaire a little bit. Um, Christian Bale, full on. Full on. Well, like, he well, was you the playboy. Have, well, yeah, when you have a character that's been done this many times before, yeah, it is about showing things that you haven't been seen before, but also it's about how do you approach this character differently. And luckily, Batman is technically two different characters. Do I think that they've explored this before, even in the movie that we watched today? Yes. In fact, I think they explored just as well in this film as they have in other films. Um, but... What I find interesting is that it calls for two things. A, it's Batman the Detective, which we've never seen, which means you got to see a lot of Batman. And Bruce Wayne, if that's the case, you need to find the theme and the tone of the movie, which is Bruce Wayne usually is levity. You usually, in the anime, in Mask of the Phantasm, it's mostly romantic uh, stuff until it gets to the actual deep core of their relationship and then gets really Batman traumatic and gothic. Um, in the in both Batman Begins and The Dark Knight, him being Bruce Wayne is funny. He's like, you know, got some girls in the in the restaurant and they're going in the pool and he's getting drunk and he's trying to establish that. In The Dark Knight, he's stealing ballerinas and going out. So like he does, or he's um making speeches at his own place for Harvey Dent's money. Like he is the sense of charm and levity in this character that's mostly dark, but. Most people tend to remember Bruce Wayne, Christian Bale, more than they remember Batman, Christian Bale, which I right. find interesting. They need also, to have a charming Bruce Wayne, which or, or charming Batman, which we just haven't ever had yet. Voice. Hello. Hello. I said we were almost done. Okay. Anyway, his voice is great. Yeah. His I think solid we discussed voice. all the hardcore stuff. Yeah, all the hardcore stuff. You know, all the hardcore stuff. Anyway, I'm. Music, I really like. So, so Robert Pattinson's sexy, got it. <laughs> and very emo, yes. Well, we already knew that. That was. Never- I, I I will say this. Twilight. The only the in terms of the soundtrack, um, the only songs that are used that are not from uh the score uh, is from Nirvana, and the lead singer Kurt Cobain heavily inspired the look and the vibe of Bruce Wayne. Ah, makes sense. So he's a Kurt Cobain wannabe. Got it. Uh, so he's a heroin addict. All right. Um, yeah. he, he kind of looks like it. Yeah, I mean that's his vibe. He's got heroin chic going for sure. That is going to get me canceled. Um, just just sad rock star. Just sad rock star in his mansion, walking around his mansion. That's what. That's literally what Kurt Cobain did. He was a sad rock star walking around a mansion. Um, but. Uh, the music, the underneath the bridge, that underneath, the, that's totally from him. I love Nirvana. I highly recommend him. Uh, Kurt Cobain, good, good writer until he killed himself. Ah, dang it! Zach came back when I was about to talk about my favorite shot. Um, sorry. A lot of great shots. A lot of great shots. Well, we can no. talk about it again next week. But yeah, I have something like, that's yeah. spoiler-free, I guess. Go ahead, Peter. The uh. My first impression, I liked that it was such a long movie. I I felt immersed in the world. And I think that is honestly important. And if it was a shorter movie, I you could still get that scope just fine. But I liked that, that, that there were so many characters. And I liked how 
penguin was set up especially and i think that was important and i don't i honestly don't think he should have been cut out uh but that's that's the biggest thing i appreciated this of this movie is it took its time and it was breathing it was living and breathing and i felt like i was walking through that that gotham and i felt like I, I just turned my head and saw some character say something and that's what it was like in the movie too. And I don't think that was a, a bad thing. I think it was, I think it's important and it really felt like Gotham was truly alive. I, I will say this. I'm a huge fan of three to four hour long movies. I love Florence. I love bridge on the, I'm a David lean fan, man. Don't get me wrong. Stanley Kubrick, uh, 2001, all that shit. I love that this is long. Again, the, the biggest influence has to be Fincher, and Fincher does not make short movies. All of his movies, as of late, have been at least two and a half hours long. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I could swim in that movie every winter. I I, I see what you're saying. In this case, I treat it like the Lord of the Rings movies, which is you could absolutely watch the extended versions. All that stuff is there to build the world and the story and the characters better. All of it fits in a way that could make you immersed and enjoy those movies immensely better. But you could also chop them down. I just see – I see a radio edit in this movie somewhere. But I am perfectly fine with the Daft Punk original album version of this movie. Totally fine with it. But I get a radio edit. I get why some people could see a radio edit in this. That's all I'm saying. Like, But a boogie down to the dance floor for three hours, man, I have no fucking problem. I'm with you. But, you know, I, I, I loved it all. Like Zoe Kravitz's story, she is connected to the Penguin, sure. She's connected to Falcone. A lot of what she does is just straight exposition, which I do feel kind of sad about. Um, but if you'd have taken the Penguin out, you could have fleshed out her and Falcone in that parent stuff a little bit more. Or you could have just straight up been three hours and not been to, to 37 and gone from there, so... These are all I get. Like Skarsgård is in the movie and I kind of barely forget that he's there because the story is in the middle of it. So like there's a lot of things going on um, that could make it sharper, but I just don't care. It's it's long and it's fun. Everything ties together in interesting ways that I appreciate. Daft Punk for next Batman theme. They Hell broke. yes. They broke up. Oh, God. Bring him back for this. But they broke up. I actually, you know what? I want Trent Reznor and Atticus uh, Ross to come back in. Their jazz score for Make makes me want them to do a, a jazz score for Batman. Daft Punk for next James Bond movie? Question mark. Oh my God! You fucking that's so good. I don't care. I don't know why I wrote down question mark. I could have just made a question mark. Uh, Daft anyway. Punk should just do scores, man. Of anything. Do Winnie the Pooh. I don't care. <laughs> and and premiered in China. Yeah, man, absolutely, absolutely, um, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I really... Chris, I'm kind of happy that went a little over your head on that particular Winnie the Pooh joke. Uh no, I didn't go over my head. I'm just slow. Okay. He watched you it go it over his me. head. And then you he said grabbed. Not it. me. That's so what's next? Uh, that was the Batman. Um, hashtag Bat to Willow. At least for now. Next week, 
we'll get Zach's uh, opinion on it. It's TBC. Boobie. Watches it. It's Boobie. TBC. TBC. Um, but uh, now we get, we get, you know what? Not wrong. I won't, I won't lie. He he gets poopy at some point. Like, you know, it, Alex, a, Peter, no Alex, Peter, Alex, Peter, you if you guys know what I'm talking about. Oh, you guys very know what I'm talking about. Lots of yeah, poops get very, poopy. Very much so. Crusty um, poopy. Let's get poopy. Um, anyway. Poopy. We, speaking of Batman. <laughs> Batman or Batman? Batman. Singular. 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 We have to we have to continue our walk through Burton Schumacher's Batman. But Batman returns. Batman returns. He's back. Electric Boogaloo. Are we starting it now? Did he even yeah, I think we should start it now. Did he even leave? Has he ever left? No. Okay. I how did I know that the first fucking thing you were gonna do was a titles matter joke? <laughs> I wasn't even trying. I didn't even think about it. Like it you know, you were, but I knew you were gonna end up there when you meant when you mentioned that because that's exactly. Did he even return? Did he go anywhere? I don't know, Jerry Seinfeld. Did he? Did he return? Did he go anywhere? Where did Batman go? What's the deal? What got them? I mean, come on. <laughs> um. Yeah, I do. I honestly think I, I love that title. That title is specifically about the movie just returning. Like, hey, the character is returning. But has nothing to do with him returning in the world. Like, if anything, he's way more established since killing the Joker. The title is only important to the fourth wall outside world that's watching. It, it really Titles is. matter. Yeah. Um, Titles matter. An argument could be made that he never came back in this movie. He never <laughs> I, I, I disagree. Anyway. Um, so... Oh, he's about to eat the cat. Um, so... Oh, I'm just watching from the beginning. <laughs> so, um... Alex, what... How did we get here? How did we get from 89 to Returns? Uh, so... Um... This is really interesting. Um, so, Batman 89... Um, let me just do something real quick. Heathers? All right. Um, so Batman 89 was a hardly newer. Uh, Heather's I was, I was pluralized though. So you got to know more than one. Uh, so, uh, (laughs) um, okay. So Batman 89 was a huge fucking hit, uh, massive hit, uh, Really big hit, and a lot of big. A lot of that had to do with the marketing. Like they just marketed the shit out of it. This is post Star Wars, so they knew what they were doing. They there were commercials everywhere. There were toys everywhere. There were sheets. There was toothpaste everywhere. You fucking went was Batman. Everyone was seeing it. It was the biggest goddamn thing ever. Um, yeah, very toy friendly designs too. I just thought about that. Uh, just really, really big deal. This movie. <laughs> um, and the WB was like, great. We fucking love this. This was awesome. Tim, we would really like you to make another one. And Tim was like, well, uh, the last one was kind of a lot of work. I didn't really get along with Berg uh, and uh, the other guy. Uh, The two producers weren't just, they just weren't hitting it off with him. 
Um, whereas like the guy who invented the comic book class and the other one, they actually hit it off pretty well with Burton. And um, they said, look, um, Disney, Disney just didn't get you, man. Like they let you do whatever you wanted and they were afraid. And you know what we did? We brought you in and we absolutely saw what you were capable of. Like uh, uh, Beetlejuice was amazing. Pee-wee was amazing. And in between Batman and Batman Returns, he decided to take a break and make something called Edward Scissorhands, which is probably the most Tim Burton movie that isn't based off another property ever. It's tied, I think, for Returns as the most Tim Burton thing ever. But Edward Scissorhands, huge hit, makes Johnny Depp a huge star. And WB's like, come on, man, you we just let you make this. You can make whatever you want. In fact, you don't even have to make a Batman movie. Just make a Tim Burton movie in the Batman world. Literally, just do whatever the fuck you want, man. We will Blake check. And you know what? He had earned it. In my opinion, no one had earned it more than him. Every movie he had made was a hit and they were only getting bigger. People were like all about this weirdo motherfucker named Tim Burton. They loved him. So that that meant he was going to have to get some people together. And the last guy who wrote the movie was a guy named Sam Ham. And um, he, he was an all right writer. He worked on some other stuff. Tim and him had seen eye to eye on a lot of things. He wrote a screenplay that was basically a direct sequel to that movie. And Tim was like, no, thanks. I don't want that. Like it brings Vicki Vale back. They were going to get married. A lot of stuff was planned out that way. And Burton was like, nope, I, I don't want that. I want to make something else. Um, the only there were a few stipulations that the studio had made, which is that they wanted more villains, which meant more toys and um, a few other things. But Burton was really interested in finding somebody who had the same sort of like mindset as him. So he found this guy named Daniel Waters. Daniel Waters had written a screenplay for a movie called Heathers and um, Heathers had become a huge hit. It made Christian Slater star and it made Renata Ryder star. If you don't know what Heathers is, Chris. Heather's is about two high school people who fall in love and murder a bunch of other high school kids. It is a comedy. It's very funny. It's incredibly dark. It's actually, it's very fucking dark. Is that where they got the idea for trauma? For trauma, the studio? Yeah. No, 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 no. This is still not as bad as trauma. This, this is as this close is, as you can. Heather's is is like where they got the idea for that one Megan Fox like slasher movie that they made in 2008. Kind no, of, I, I of. mean, I mean, you know Jennifer, what I'm gonna ask, right? Jennifer's there are some uh, there are some elements of Jennifer of Jennifer's body in this, sure, but it's a like it's a lot closer to Mean Girls. Like Mean Heather. Girls is like what if what if uh this what if Heather's uh, existed and nobody died? It's more like that. Um. But Heather's is a really great comedy about uh, a girl who meets the new kid. They want to pull a prank on one of the worst, most popular girls in school that she's a friend with. They accidentally kill that girl. And then he kind of incidentally holds her hand into a series of more murders that they pretend are suicides. While the whole town just kind of like kind of fashionizes uh... and makes popularity in suicide. It's a really interesting, fun movie. Go you on, know what I'm gonna, you know what I'm going to ask, right? What are you going to ask? Are they both named Heather? There are actually three Heathers in the movie. 
Are they the ones committing the murders? No, they are killing the Heathers. So basically, it's a Peter Rudolph biopic. <laughs> uh, that's why I think Peter would like it very much, and I think Cecily would agree. Um, he might get some but, ideas. Uh, Peter doesn't like characters like these Heathers, and I think he would like them getting picked off one by one. Um, Good. But Chris, I also think you would like this movie, but also, again, it's very, it's very, oh, you know, it's Alex, very dark. Alex, you know what movie I was thinking of, and it wasn't Jennifer's Body? What? Jawbreakers. Yes. <laughs> nice, dude. Very much like Jawbreakers. There's it's, not it's, like a series of murders, like but there is an accidental murder. Before she did Charm, it's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, Jawbreakers is a fucking great movie. In fact, Cecily, if you're still in that room, Jawbreakers, look at the fuck up. It's a great movie. Um, I love Jawbreakers. <laughs> it's it's fucking good, and it's got dope soundtrack too. Late '90s is very good. Um, <laughs> good call, good call, Zach. Um, so yeah. my point is, my point is, is that this was a weird, uh, off kilter odd teen comedy that was more in the vein of like repo men it's punk comedy in my opinion and uh it, like he was a weird guy who uncompromises on his scripts to hire for a batman sequel and him and tim burton really really saw eye to eye on a lot of interesting things so there's a lot of interesting jokes in here that he puts in that I think are really good, but it's also a lot why of this, movie's, jokes too. this movie's a little bit weirder. Like both Heather's and this are pretty fucking horny. Um, but anyway, this is uh, this is the idea. This is like the key direction of where this movie starts to go. Um, everyone knew they wanted Catwoman and the Penguin, and so everyone knew also if they were going to get the penguin, they were going to get Danny DeVito. He was already a director of films. He was already a big star. He'd been a hit on taxi. He was the perfect person to have as a penguin. He was always the penguin on set. He never changed character. He was always him because it was just an attitude and a vibe. Um, nobody had a problem with it. He wasn't a diva or anything. Uh, the monkey was scared of him, but he, he, I think he's great. Um, the woman who was supposed to be Vicky Vale in the last movie, Sean Young, who fell off the horse and broke her leg and they had to get Kim Basinger, was in line to play Catwoman here. But actually, wait, it was supposed to be Annette Benning. Annette Benning got all the way to the point where she they had costumes made for her. And to be honest, Annette Benning would have been fucking amazing in this role. I think she would have I think she would have fucking murdered it. Um, but she got pregnant and couldn't take it. And then they started looking for other people. And Sean Young was first up there as a possibility in talks, but they ended up not going her route, but Sean Young didn't want to let that go. So she went all the way to the studio dressed as Catwoman, broken down, broke down the doors and like ran up to Tim Burton whipped <gasps> a whip and was like, I am Catwoman. Then she went, <laughs> dude, then she went on TV she went on TV and fucking did this. She went on TV and did this. That's so embarrassing. That's so incredibly embarrassing. Peter, not oh, only is that embarrassing, man. but when they do the documentary in 2004 of all these movies that we're watching, the, she is there. And she's only there to talk about that. Oh. And it's like, oh, you're there over a decade later just to defend again why you thought this was a good idea to be honest even then she still had a little bit of crazy in her eyes so i'm just saying 
to be honest, I that sounds like the story of like a Tim Burton casting. Though. He did not cast her. They decided to go never cast. with. She was never cast. They decided to go with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, who at the time was a pretty established actress. She would be, she had been in Scarface. That was her breakout role. She'd been in a few other things. The year before this, she was in one of my favorite romantic, I guess, romances. It's it's a, more of a not another wrestling a comedy. romantic comedy. No, it's called <laughs> Frankie and Johnny with Al Pacino. Again, they're both in Scarface, and then they were both in this. She got nominated for a Golden Globe, and that was the year before this. And I love her in Frankie and Johnny. I think she's great. Um, I also think she's fantastic in this. I think it's honestly her movie more than anything else. And she's one of my favorite aspects of it. Her performance is great. Um, that cat suit literally had to be vacuum sealed onto her and ripped off every time they filmed it. Um, she it's a plug suit well. from Ava. It's a plug suit from Ava. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, it's an inflatable. Uh, people like this, man. It's a fetish for sure. For sure. Um <sighs> Burton uh, also changed uh, cinematographers. He moved on to another person and a different production design, which is why Gotham, they basically, okay, so the first movie cost $35 million in 1989. They doubled the budget and gave them $80 million to make this. That's why it looks better. That's why it's just full on Gotham. Um, it's The sets are better. I, I, it's not as grimy and dirty as the last Gotham, but it is, pretty fucking poverty uh stricken i feel like uh and just has a little bit more color and life to it i'm gonna um, be honest sorry sorry to interrupt i'm literally yeah. like watching the the scene where all the clowns pop out of the thing and, I, and i'm like am i seeing pennywise here a couple times oh no, you're oh, seeing oh, doug wait, jones wait, wait, wait. Yeah, i was gonna say <laughs> zach you didn't know that but that tall motherfucking bald guy that's that head rubbing dude that you love so much doug jones baby head uh, rubbing I didn't notice that. <laughs> That's Doug Jones, man. Oh, what a callback! Uh. The guy who steals the guy who steals the baby. Um, uh, so, uh, I knew he looked uh, familiar. As, as I said, Chris, last week, we were going to be talking about Billy D. Williams, correct? Well, here's what happened. Yes, but I'm not sure. I kept what you said in mind. Yes, I yes, didn't definitely. catch it here, so I was thinking, did I miss here? And I'm supposed to pay attention next time because I know it's Tommy Lee Jones next next time. Well, what did I say last time? Now you're gonna call me out. I don't remember. I'm stalling so I can smoke my pipe. Oh. Uh, what I said last time was the journey <coughs> of Harvey Dent <coughs> to from this movie <coughs> to the next in the first movie was all supposed to be one story. So oh, Harvey Dent, Harvey uh, Dent in the first okay. film is a good politician who watches Gotham go to shit as everything continues to be more corrupt. In this film, he was going to be more corrupt. He was supposed to be Max Shrek. He was supposed to kill Catwoman. And then at the end of the movie, the electrocution of his face was going to split it in half and create the two-face that would have been Tommy Lee Jones in the next film. Wow. Now, the reason this didn't occur is a little bit – well, they paid off Billy D. Williams First because they didn't, want Harvey Dent, they didn't want Harvey Dent to be black. That's the story. 
I knew it. I knew it. Now here's the Somebody thing. Somebody didn't like it. Somebody Billy didn't D- like it. Billy D. Williams to this day has said that he was not paid off. He was not paid off of his contract. He was in one movie and he was paid for one movie and has till this day never been paid to not be in any other movies. So even though people say that he was paid not to be in them, he in fact uh, was just only in one movie and then they decided to take him out of this and then cast a different white guy in the next one. So they just literally whitewashed him without telling him. Well, also, they casted a guy. They casted a guy who didn't even want to be there. Wait, walking? No, Tommy Lee Jones in the next one. Oh, uh, well, yes, Tommy Lee Jones did not like Jim Carrey very much and took the job for money after ta- after winning an Oscar the year before for The Fugitive. But I also think Tommy Lee Jones is pretty good in that movie. Um, I think he's certainly anyway. giving it his all. I think he's giving it his all. Um, so uh, keep this in mind again, Chris, because this is not the first time that this happens in this series alone. Oh no. And I'll give you a hint about uh, I'll give you a hint about where this direction is going to go. They were thinking about adding Robin in this movie. And the Robin that they were going to add was going to be Marlon Wayne's. They were going to have Marlon Wayne's in this movie as Robin. And they were planning on that. I think it broke him out. Uh, yeah, Chris, Chris has gotten up and now landed face first on his bed. Can he even hear us? No, I don't think so. Well, that kind of puts a stone. It really puts a damper on things, I know. But I love it, though. Marlon Wayans. So, so here's the thing. That's Marlon a Wayans, bold choice. Here, here's the thing. Marlon Wayans, uh, you don't know this has actually proven himself to be a genuinely good actor later in the future. He is quite good in Requiem for a Dream. He is also in the Dungeons & Dragons movie that we're going to be doing later on. The I am aware of that. But he, at this point, he was in, the, in Living Color, and he uh, was performing pretty good on there. People liked him. and uh, That's the guy from White Chicks, right? It is yeah. the guy from White Chicks. He's one of the many Wayne's brothers. Uh, G.I. Joe. He's also from Scary Movie. He's in G.I. Joe. Um, So they were going to have the family, they were going to have the family get murdered at the circus like they do in the next movie. And they had him involved. They even had uh, toys that they were going to plan out. And this was all something that they decided to scratch and burn and move on to the next film. Now, they didn't have Marlon Wayne's cast per se. But he was someone that they were talking about doing, and then they were going to put Robin in. At the last minute, they decided that they were not going to put this Robin stuff in, and they decided they were going to do it in the next movie <laughs> with Marlon Wayne still in talks. Oh. Now, so and so that was that was Ow. where their mindset was. They were like, we want to have the family of Robin's oh. parents and this whole family get murdered, and they were going to set that whole thing up, and it was going to be Marlon, and then they were going to hopefully have. Uh, a whole thing in the future setup. They kept that in mind that it wasn't like maybe it would be Marlon and maybe it would be other people. But Robin was in the next movie. That's that they knew for sure. Please, please keep that in mind. Hey guys, um, I'm sorry to say this, but uh, we don't want Harvey Dent to be black. 
Well, uh, I'm sorry to hear about that, man. Uh, so, uh, okay, well, uh, keep that in mind, and we'll get somebody else. Uh, who, who were you thinking about getting for Robin? Oh, I don't know. Um, Marlon Wayans. I'm like, uh, I mean, Marlon okay. Wayans is a Marlon Wayans is a funny, good actor. I don't see that as a bad choice at the time. I really don't. I just think no. I just think it's funny. It's just of funny. course. But here's the thing. I. Burton, these are let's have the, choices. No, let's not have the strong diplomatic, uh, the politician who's going mad, who plays an important role, be black. Let's have Batman's sidekick. Again, I think it was Burton chose both of those casting choices, and he chose them because he wanted to have black characters in these movies. He wanted those things, and the studio kept going, no. Like I said... Keep that Marlon Wayne shit in mind for the next movie. Ah, uh, Chris O'Donnell. No! So anyway, so anyway, um, the shooting gets started. They shoot it out in Pinewood Studios. They're having a good oh, time. God. Burton's right. actually really, really well. They shot in Pinewood Studios in the last movie too. Um, it's all tragic. Stop killing people. They're really enjoying it. Burton is really That's enjoying. What she said making this uh keaton is enjoying making it uh it's a large set it's having it like they're having a grand old time doing it and burden by the end of it really enjoyed the whole process and he's actually jazzed to make another one um and then the movie comes out and uh it it does okay it doesn't make as much as the last one and uh parents aren't parents aren't too hot on it and uh well, they were supposed to have this whole toy line with McDonald's and then McDonald's saw the movie and they pulled all the fucking toys and then they <laughs> sued Warner Brothers and then everyone started freaking out about it and then Warner Brothers started freaking out about it and then more people saw the movie and they started to realize this isn't a kid's movie because it's not a fucking kid's movie and it didn't like the critics loved it and it did okay money wise but like not a good reception for this movie. Like it mm. wasn't, it wasn't appreciated well. And at the time it was considered after a while to be a bit of a fucking mistake. And so Burton at the end of it is like, wow, great movie guys. I had a lot of fun doing this Warner brothers. So like I got some ideas for the next movie. Right. So like, I want to do this and I want to do that. And Warner brothers is like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then half a, a half hour into that meeting, Burton is like, you don't want me to make this movie, do you? And they went, no. And he's like, all right, I don't want to make it. And then he walked away. And that is the story of why we now get now we get Joel Schumacher next, because Bert, they let Burton make whatever he wanted and he loved it and it rejuvenated him. And then he came back and Bert, Wonder Brothers was like, hey, um. You know, we told you that Disney didn't understand you. Well, we really now sympathize with them. You can't make the next Batman. Sorry, you're too fucking weird. You're just too fucking weird, buddy. Just like. I don't know what the solution to that would be. <laughs> On his end. Yeah, oh, this, I mean, he was like, he just knew. He's like, they don't want him. They're not into this. They're not, like, I went too far. And he gave up. He goes off and he makes Ed Wood. Now, we're not done talking about Tim Burton because Tim Burton, surprise, surprise, isn't done with comic book movies. 
and attempts to make a attempts to make a Superman movie with Nick Cage. And I'm going to talk about that in the next movie, in the next season a little bit. But um, he lays the groundwork as a producer for things that are supposed to set up in the next film. And that's where that uh, the Robin stuff comes back in. A lot of other elements show up. A uh, few things that uh, are established here do carry over. But um, the one thing that does get established pretty well after this film is Tim Burton's aesthetic, a score, and some of the character design brings birth to Batman the Animated Series, which I'll talk about way more down the line, too. But the story of this movie is that the first one was so big and so huge, and Warner Brothers trusted him so much, they gave him a blank check and did not check up on him. When they came back, they did not get what they thought they were going to get, they got something way more weird and interesting and horny and they were not happy about it. And most parents were not happy about it. So they were just like, we're going to, I think we're as a, as a universe or as the world decided as a whole, we're kind of done with uh, loving universally Tim Burton. If Tim Burton's, if the story of Tim Burton is Edward Scissorhands, those, the Scissorhands finally cut us. That's how they viewed it. And Tim Burton ran off and made movies in his castle at the end of the street. Um, Life imitates art. Uh, yeah. Um, so I, uh, that is the story of Batman Returns. Shucks. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't like, wouldn't the next one be just as horny? I don't. We're gonna find out. There, there is one. There is one character in the next one who is horny for Batman, yes, but they basically narrow that down to one female character. She's not a crime fighter. She doesn't kick ass. She has no motive and journey of her own. Her only job is to basically do what Vicky Vale does, but more hornier. And that's the thing. By the by, 1997, people were a little bit more cool with being sexy and stuff, but this is like – these are all – these are three freaks. These are just three fucking weirdos trying to fuck the shit out of each other. It's crazy. Like, most of the time when Batman and Catwoman are together, they're really just either fighting or fucking. Like, fighting or trying to fuck each other. That's it. Like, it's horny. This movie is very Every, Everyone very in horny. the audience is, is just trying to say, just fuck already. Uh, yeah, like it would save a lot of trouble. Yes, if Batman oh, and Catwoman fucked in their suits, like that's and to the, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But like every character is horny in this movie. In Batman Forever, it's mostly Doctor Chase Meridian. It's mostly just down to her. Batman doesn't even know what to do with Chase Meridian being so horny in that movie. Like. Bruce and Batman both want to fuck Selina and Catwoman on their own regard. And then Penguin's running around like like grabbing women's boobs and just hitting on everyone. It's so gross. It's so gross. I love it. This is a very horny movie. Okay. On this show, we have seen what I believe is the very worst of Catwoman. Oh, in, yeah. That's technically in this universe, but we don't count it. We don't talk about Halle Berry's movie. 
Wait a minute. You're telling me Halle Berry's Catwoman is in the same universe as Burton's Batman? We we talked about it then, yes. Because when she is trying to figure out why she's becoming what she's becoming, she meets Francis O'Connor. And Francis O'Connor tells the story that, like, she has now got the powers of the Catwoman. And the Catwoman powers transfer from person to person. And she shows her all these pictures of different Catwomen throughout history. And Michelle Pfeiffer's picture is in there. Oh my god. So no cat so oh my god. And the thing was Michelle uh, Pfeiffer was supposed have to have her own I have a Michelle, headache. Michelle Pfeiffer was supposed to have her own Catwoman movie. It did like that was a long time coming, didn't happen. And then it was supposed to be Ashley Judd. Ashley Judd didn't get it, and then it went down a bunch of rabbit hole of people, eventually got to Halle Berry, got the wrong filmmaker, became a whole problem. Listen to the app. I explain all of that, but like that's yeah. It's that technically was in this so universe. long ago. Technically, in this universe, we find. I out think. I like think Chris kind of blocked it out of his head. It was so bad. It's like a uh, year and a half ago for us, but like that. It yeah, took that, five cuts for the whip to wrap him around the man's neck. Five it's cuts. One of the worst edited movies I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely. Thanks, Mick G. That's not Mick G. That was not Mick G. Yes, it was, wasn't it? No, it was not. Who directed that movie. No, it was a Russian filmmaker. It was a non. It was a non-American. Trust me, I hate Mick G. I know what Mick G has made. Zach, I know that typing. I need help. It may, it may not be. It may be a French you. filmmaker, but it's not American. I'll tell you that much. I swear it was Mick G. The worst thing right, Mick G has Chris, made is this ready? war. You ready? Tell me I'm wrong. I'm ready. It's Pitoff, a French visual effects supervisor and director. Most yeah, it was a French for guy. Catwoman. What am I thinking and, of? Hold on, hold on, we're not done. Probably, probably Charlie's the Angels. Director of Alien Resurrection. Wait, he 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 did not direct. Oh! He didn't direct Alien Resurrection. Though. No, he's the second unit director for Alien Resurrection. Yeah, there's I a much have much we bigger not French done, But have we not done a McGee film on this show before? Probably. What am I thinking of? We've never done a McG film. Chris, if we did one, you would have seen me blow the fuck up. I hate McG. I'm freaking out. <laughs> we've never done one. We've never done I one. I swear we've done... Oh, whatever. First of all, the Terminator movies yet? No. It, that, okay, he's done a Terminator movie, which is Salvation, and it's awful. He did This Means War, and I fucking hate it. He did Three Days Later with Kevin Costner, and he also did the two Charlie's Angel movies, which can't get in the series. So, no, I don't believe we've done anything by him. Oh God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't. I'm sorry, guys. I can't let this guy. He did. To... He did Supernatural, though. That was okay. Actually, he's done. T- he's good. done a lot of TV, and that's you know, TV is TV. But I, 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 I out of all of his movies, I've hated his work. Oh my Never God! Never no, I could I, I will... have sworn. Could have sworn we've done a McGee film, but apparently no, we didn't. No. Dang. No. I would have like I would have spent so much time telling you. I would have prefaced my history of him making it very clear that I don't like his work. I do not like his work at all. <laughs> I'm not a fan of me. Like uh, Charlie's Angels movies are the only ones that I can like somewhat enjoy. What about We Are to, Marshall? Like hate it. Um, um. Okay, We Are Marshall is is okay, but that's because it only has one mode and it's sad. That's just all right. grief. That's all it is. All right. All right. 
Tangent over. I just I had to like I couldn't let that go. No um, way, man. No way. We have not done him. I would know it. I swear, like he either produced or something. I don't know, whatever. Um, but anyway, we have seen the worst of Catwoman for the longest time. This was Michelle Pfeiffer was like the benchmark for this character, at least on like live act, at least in the live action space. If not, she was the only one. Um, until Dark Knight Rises, but like Nolan was the only other game in town, so I don't well, know how much and, talk I put in that. And the and the sixties movie. And the sixties movie. Um I really like the scene where she goes full Citizen Kane and just tears the department apart. Ah, <laughs> um, uh, yes, I love that you know that reference. I can use it now. I knew that reference before I had seen the movie. <laughs> um <laughs> oh my gosh yeah but it's, it does it's so act- much better way it's just so much better when you know the reason why he does it and then you see a character actually go through a mental breakdown and you're like yeah that's a full citizen game it does look like she's having a lot of fun here yeah like a lot like everybody uh, that was, was surprising because i thought this was like a uh a jaws 2 situation whereas like they didn't really want to come back and like it just happened and it was a miserable time, but no, like, like they had fun. Like she's freaking, like she's putting everything into this. Like, Oh, hell yeah. Uh, she's smashing that thing. Like I do a uh, Xbox controller. Um, when playing, <laughs> when playing, when playing Madden, um, I hate that game, but, um, <laughs> she's stuffing the stuffed animals down the garbage disposal. Okay. Anyway. Um, so. Man. I have three samples of Catwoman. I have Anne Hathaway, I have Zoe Kravitz, and I have Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. Two are very grounded. Two are grounded. This is like insanity. Bat guana, like just nuts. Like the up. Uh, hold on. Trademark. Um. <laughs> she's just spray painting through. Even get the spray paint. Um. So the factoid that they had to vacuum seal her suit is crazy. Like, could you imagine, like, it's like, uh, like how did she move in that? How did she, I was about to say, how did she even move in that thing? Not, not for very long. Like, you only, uh, or not very much, because, like, that's limited mobility. That's probably, is that as limited as like the bat suit it's like he has to like turn his whole body instead of like like turning his neck they couldn't yeah. just like put a zipper on it uh no they want to have her it's a latex fetish thing it's yeah but it's they want to accentuate her curves like yeah, they really so... like a legit they want to suck her into that suit like a vacuum like they wanted that as form-fitting as possible a because of the old costumes from the 60s b because of the comics and c because burton likes fetishes that's kind of the vibe but the other thing is if you keep watching the movie the more fights she has the suit rips more and therefore gets more loose allowing her to move and do more things ah uh, so it's still a better suit than whatever Halle Berry was wearing. Um, 
which was really nothing at all. But um, I mean, yeah, I find this to be sexier, just because she just by the way she like feels in it. Whereas like Halle Berry, I'm more concerned about the safety of how much flesh is exposed. Like her jumping off a building and then landing wrong and like I scraping that skin scared the shit out of me. I do remember the Catwoman review where I said that suit is that like that outfit is impractical. Like, oh, it's incredibly impractical. Absolutely. What, what suit is this? In the movie you may Catwoman have to Google it, Peter. with Halle Berry, her her oh. Catwoman suit is just there's a lot of exposed skin and you're just like if you fall off the building wrong, if you just land somewhere incorrectly, like that's you so jump much out of skin. a car, if you fall off your back. Yeah. And like in cat this catwoman is covered head to toe in leather, and like she's got a lot more protection for the many lives she loses in this movie. So yeah, I I only out. watched that movie like a couple of times. Like I forgot that there was like nothing. That was a couple she's times too nothing. many, Peter. Yeah, man. That, that movie's fucking many. rough. There are things that I like about it, um, but I do not like. Hey, there's Doug Jones flipping around, stealing a baby. Yeah, uh, Doug Jones fighting. I, 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 but I honestly feel like uh, this is this is a both a sexier I feel like suit, but also just more appropriate for the character. She just is like full on. She was repressed, and now she's just like I love the feel of leather all over my body. Oh, fuck me now! Like it's so weird. I love it. All these are fucking weirdos. Uh, like just the, just the pussy I'm looking for. I was like, ah, yeah, really. Like they're all, just, they're all, uh, they're all mirrors of Batman. They're all mirrors of Bruce Wayne. Like Bruce Wayne is jealous of of the Penguin because he he is unable to. The Penguin is able to breathe to be a freak fully in real life and pretend to wear the mask of normalcy to try to be the mayor bruce wayne uh, batman has to pretend to it's be a- bruce wayne to live in society but like he would love to be batman everywhere he just wants to be a freak everywhere great mask he's doing so like so good it, he's it's such a subtle character as penguin i could totally see perfectly normal rational people voting for him as mayor this is Gotham. This is Gotham. I, is I Gotham. agree. Like, once you see what happened with Trump, like, I believe all of this. Um, <laughs> so, I, I have, okay, here's one thing I will admit to. I haven't seen a lot of Danny DeVito live action. Like, really? I don't watch, okay. I don't watch, I don't watch Always Sunny. I know a few memes, like. Magnum okay. condom for my Magnum dong. Mm-hmm. Um, great show, and he's great in it. Uh, I know he's the Lorax. I've only seen fair. I've seen very little of the Lorax. Um, outside of that and this, I haven't seen him in a lot of stuff. Okay, um, so quick, quick, uh, quick run of of Danny DeVito's history. Then, okay. um, first first breakout role was in, um. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, starring Jack Nicholson. He was one of the inmates as well as Christopher Lloyd. Um, And that's where he formed a friendship with Jack Nicholson that would last all the way to the point that he would actually help get him the Penguin role 
in this movie. Jack Nicholson has a producer role and got money for every single one of these Batman movies we cover. Jack Nicholson is rich as fuck just because he decided to make that first movie and continue a deal that got him all of these. But also oh, he helped DeVito get this role. Um, it's not so <laughs> DeVito's real big splash thing was in taxi. No one knew how tall he was. In the pilot episode, they reveal how tall he is. It's a great joke. You can only do it once. And he became a huge star in taxi. Eventually, he started doing movies in the 80s. Then he was in he co-started the movie Romancing the Stone, became a huge star, started directing movies of his own. By the 90s, he does this. And here's the thing: people were so grossed out by the penguin, they didn't like him. And he actually, I think when they're, doing the when they're doing the 2004 documentary, I think he thinks about the role fondly, but is like, uh, yeah, I feel like, you know, I did my best and people, I think I feel good about it. But I think deep down, he's like, people didn't like it back then. And I think now people really appreciate it. But there's only two times he really acts like this, this kind of character, this kind of outrageous, ah! And it's Taxi and this. Most of the time, he's way more reserved. By this point, he has formed like a comedy pairing with Arnold Schwarzenegger. They've done two movies by this point already. Um, he's directing more movies. He makes Matilda, which in my opinion is his best movie. Um, he makes Death to Smoochie, a movie no one remembers, but is also pretty goddamn good. He makes a lot of dark comedies. And then he just keeps working consistently as an actor. One of my favorite movies, Chris, that I think you would enjoy was directed by Penny Marshall and it's called Renaissance Man. It's about a teacher that loses his job and has to teach Shakespeare. So he goes to the army and teaches it to people who need to get their GED. One of them being Mark Wahlberg. And it's just a teacher teaching kids at the army. It's that's it. It's like, it's, I love it's, Renaissance, it's so man. good. It's Danny DeVito most of the time is a very solid actor. And then by the time he reached It's Always Sunny, he was just supposed to be on for a couple episodes. And then they were like, Do you want to be on longer? He said, Sure. And he has never left since. And God bless him. It's Always Sunny is one of the greatest shows of all time. And he's great on it. So he only does this kind of crazy guy, at least in three different roles. Outside of that, he's way more reserved. Um, one of my favorite roles that he did was with Matt Damon in the Francis Ford Coppola trial movie, The Rainmaker. He's so good. He, LA I Confidential. Put that on the LA Confidential. So many movies where he's just a solid fucking guy. Um, yeah, Danny DeVito's great. Uh, I really, for the universe he is inhabiting, this is a great penguin. Yeah, I, I think this is a really this is a really really good penguin, um, yeah. like the nose, like the whole hand thing, like this whole thing is freaking ah five like chubby digits. Ah, like man, just like conjoined fingers and like ah, uh, and he eats cats, <laughs> which is a great. Now that I now that I think about it, that's a great way to open the movie. With him as a kid eating cats, <laughs> so then the so then the whole it's foreshadowing, yeah, yeah, the whole showdown with him about to stab the cat with the umbrella. Um, well, also, they, I mean, people have said I, I listened to a lot of podcasts, and there's a lot of people that were like, "He ate cats. He was always bad." I'm like, they put him in a cage. Yeah, we if don't know what came first. He has conjoined hands. Okay, conjoined fingers. 
these like, rich motherfuckers are like, I don't have the time. There are ways out of it. That's all I'm going to say. Um, Drop your like, baby in a river. Also, it's just over the top. I like the costume. I do like the costume. It's <laughs> filthy. It's gross. He's filthy and gross. He spits ink like um, Salazar from... Uh, no, Salazar from uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> he does. Absolutely. Good call. Um, this really doesn't does. make any That's, sense. Yep, like, David yeah. John's locker. Crazy, crazy umbrellas. Jack uh, Sparrow. Um, yeah, I like uh, the. Also, like, <laughs> um, was kind of surprised at the fight choreography. Like, I kind of liked it. Mm-hmm. Like, I th- that wasn't something that really stood out to me. In the last in the last one, besides the whole fight with the the guy before he steps up to Nicholson uh, at the end, but um, mm, yeah, that's the only and, real true uh, fight scene in '89. It's also something that uh, this isn't a spoiler, Zach. It's also something that surprised me in uh, the uh, the Batman in the new in the new in the new Batman is that he's not he's he's not perfect. Like he takes a few, um, which I like. Um, so, (laughs) the whole, like, penguins, strapping rockets to penguins I got wanted, I got wanted flashbacks (laughs) to when he, to when he, when he, like, straps bobs to mice and then covers them in peanut butter. Oh my god. I remember that. A lot more realistic. I, I, it's on the curiosity wheel. I want it. <laughs> um, Not a bad looking movie. So, yeah, I do notice that, like, the way Gotham looks in this movie compared to the last movie, it's it doesn't immediately jump out to me. Because I thought Gotham looked good in the last movie. Maybe it's because more of the actual, like, background is real. Instead of just like either like like painted canvas or computer effects or whatever, um, like <laughs> okay, small small tangent. Um, I do like how like uh, Catwoman scratches this dude's face and he just just like just doesn't sell it at all. No, I just saw that too. He just. He just stands there. He's There's just no like horrified face. He's like, "Huh? What's going on? I got my face sta- put up." He's just like this. He's like, "Drugs, drugs, lots of drugs, heroin." Yeah. The dude was that. bleeding so bad. Yeah, he probably had no idea where he was. Um, He's probably so high. Also, yeah. I could see people getting mad at penguin biting a dude's nose and blood just squirts. Straight, I was like, I can see people getting mad about that. Like, you talk about that, yeah, yeah. Like, the the tone is completely changed from the previous. Right. I don't even now that I think about it, I don't even know what to think of the tone of this movie. It's I, either like it's either incredibly goofy or incredibly dark. I don't or, think it was or a, a weird choice. or a weird combination of both. Yes, agreed. Um. I feel like it's more often a weird combination, but split right in the center. 
um, like it's goofy and like he's pulling out like the green like typical glowing like toxic sludge um, and then he pulls out a severed human hand and just out of the stocking it. Just and just holds it full viscera right in the hand like that's pretty dude that's he's, pretty early he's on. gonna kill he's gonna kill a bunch of kids and when one of his lackeys are like hey man it's pretty fucking rough he's just like bam you're dead and then you just see the body float to the ground that's exactly what joker did last movie but different circumstances that's true um hmm I still like I still I still like Michael Keaton. His haircut's better. There's a lot less business in the back. Like that was like a weird like <laughs> there's it was just like a weird like um JJ Abrams. No, like that, that was, was the uh, other guy. That, that was, was a reporter. Yeah, God, I hate that guy. Um Arliss. like it was just this weird like it didn't fully commit to a mullet, and I think that's what bothered me the most. Like if you're gonna do it, just do it. He's done it before for sure. Obviously, but like, we just see less and less hair of him <laughs> until he just goes bald. Um, we'll see. We'll see what kind of hair he has in the next Batman. They Selena might put Con- a wig on him, or we pushing, get a bald Batman. Yeah. <laughs> a bald Batman. Uh, <laughs> you wouldn't get a widow's peak. Easier. He wouldn't have well, a widow's Kil- peak if he was bald. Kilmer doesn't have curly hair. Kil- Kilmer has straight hair. So I'm not talking about that one. I mean, like when he's in the next Flash movie. Will he be bald? Will he have yeah. some hair? Yeah, I'm wondering. If he's bald, it's probably easier to put that rubber face on him. How uh, rubber. Um, when Selena Kyle falls out the window, it gets pushed out the window, and she like falls several stories flat, down flat, onto flat, the flat, 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 flat. straight onto the concrete. Didn't even bounce. Um, the straight splat. The wound. The only wound that we see is on her forehead when she landed little, on the back of her head. It's a little dot. So I, so I like to think. So I like to think that um, her ponytail like cushioned her fall. Uh, or she has a malignant. She should go to the doctor. <laughs> She's really good yeah, to the doctor. I mean, I understand it's a comic movie. It's a comic book movie, and it's it's really it's really honing in on the goofiness in this one. I mean, this one especially. But yeah, she was not mangled up at all. It would have been if they're gonna, ha- you know, have. Penguin bite someone's nose and then someone's severed arm. They might as well have shown her all broken and mangled up. And then when the cats are eating her and licking her up, she's like forming herself back together and her bones are snapping back into place. Why not? See, I, I, I mean, the, all the, the kids the have cat, left at that point anyway. So yeah, in the Catwoman like, cat Halle Berry <laughs> movie, they literally breathe life into her. An animated cat she drowns. Life into her. No. Oh, yeah, she is drowned. And in this one, I think the argument is that they're trying to blur the line that all of the cat flaps that she, all the like canopies that she runs into cushion the fall enough that she hits the ground and just gets brain damage. And like, that's what causes her insanity. Like that's what the blurred line they're going for here. And like, that's fine or whatever. Like at the end of the day, there's a disgusting penguin in the sewers. So like, I did not get the blurred line. I was like, she's definitely dead. She'd be dead. Uh, yeah, I believe I, that she I, has magical cat powers. I can, I can imagine. Plummets into the ground, whether there's a fucking roof to break her fall a fraction of a little bit. I, no, man. I think well, she, dude, I like she gets shot several. Dude, she has seven, she gets shot four times and electrocutes herself, and then fucking ends up alive at the end of the movie. That's altogether. what I just said. Yes. And I said I, I believe I, that I, she has nine lives. But like, take that shit out of the equation. I think how that scene is shot. 
we don't see how necessarily far she's falling. I think one could make the argument that the film is saying it's going either or. It just any, in terms of how she dies. Did anybody else think it was weird that uh, Max Shrek get out of my swamp? Um, did Go, Dad. Yourself. <laughs> did anybody else think it was weird when? Selena shows up again after he just pushed her out of a window from like several thousand feet. Yeah, I know. Let's she's... just call it what it is. It's that was a, that was it was a yeah. long, long drop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Did not break any falls. That well, what's his fun. what's his plan next? Push her out of her higher window. <laughs> but he never gets to Helicopter. do it. Nor does he really take steps to do that. He's just more concerned about keeping Penguin happy. Uh, because well, here's the thing: his plan is to keep also Danny DeVito ha- eating raw fish. That's gross. If he if he keeps the mayor happy, then the mayor is the one who controls the laws in the city. So if if she's alive and she plans to blackmail him, who is she going to blackmail him to when he owns the fucking mayor and the city? So if he can just get that shit done and not worry about her. Then wait till she blackmails her, and then if she does, he'll kill her again. He says it. Like if she tries to do it, Actually, I'll kill you know, her yeah. again. Until then, I'm not worried about it because if I own the mayor, then who's going to try to blackmail me? Also, Bruce Wayne just met her, so if she just suddenly disappeared like that, yeah, I think he would ask a few questions. Also, he's uh, Batman, but he doesn't know that. I'm overthinking it. Um, I mean, well, Danny DeVito eating a raw fish is not what I need right now. Stop Shrek it, does not understand the relationship. That her and Wayne ha- have after that. Donkey. If that was the case, he would probably not understand that Wayne would miss her because he doesn't know that they're dating. So that would be a card he wouldn't be able are to they know. Dating? Well, they are Tough. like, yeah. I mean, they he meets her, he asks her out on a date, they try to go again to a a, a ball the next time. Like they have a couple dates. Well, that doesn't mean that they're dating necessarily. They I go guess on it, dates. It, it depends. Uh, it, well. I, I would say it depends on your definition of dating. Yes. At the end of the uh, day, like the, he doesn't know that they have a connection, a, a romantic connection strong enough for him to give a care about her absence. Mm-hmm. That's my point. But at the end of the day, like uh, I think her stepping in and pulling that card is all just to fuck with Max because she blows up his department store and he doesn't even care about that. That's the problem with this movie. It's kind of all over the place in its narrative at times. Like, her her narrative is to fuck with Max to the point that he freaks out that Catwoman is doing this. But he freaks oh out when God. he sees her, and then he blows up the she blows up the department store. She does all these things, but he doesn't care anymore. He's more focused on Penguin. Batman's doing his own thing, or Penguin's doing his own thing. But then he like decides that he wants to fuck with Batman for a while and get with his car and stuff. Like there's threads that like altogether make sense for a comic book movie and a Batman movie, but like. Kind of go nowhere for a bit. It all just like Batman immediately after he frames Batman, he immediately solves it with his spinning CD fucking I recorded you calling uh, uh, Gotham idiots. I recorded I recorded I'm going to spin the disc and like we're done now. And then I'm a DJ now. I think the strongest thing. I did it. I think the strongest thing about this movie is not the narrative per se. But the themes and the characters and the world all mesh very well. Everyone responds very well to each other. Their growth and their arcs are really good. Because, like, 
Bruce had his arc in the last movie. This is about Penguin and Catwoman having arcs while the, while Shrek is the real villain who never changes at all. Batman it's funny because it's called Batman Returns and he doesn't really fully return with a huge he, story arc. Well, he doesn't have a huge one. He is the Vicky Vale of this movie in a lot of ways, but he does have an arc. He is killing people in this movie. He's lost Vicky Vale. He's killing people in this movie. And then eventually, like, he burns a man. He shoves a bomb yeah. down another guy's thing. Like, he's killing people. In, it was like, petty how he it. burned him, too. It was exactly. petty how he burned him, too. Because, like, that flame was not doing anything to his car. He was just being a dick. Like, I, I think like. the very fact that Batman is just sitting in his house waiting for the light to turn on is indicative to the fact that after losing Vicky Vale, he made the choice for Batman and is like, this is my life. Now I have to wait for it. I find no happiness unless I'm Batman. He was taking that out through killing people. Then he meets Catwoman who says, I'm going to shoot Max Shrek. And he stops her and hypocritically says, you can't kill people. But then what happens at the end of the movie? <laughs> at the end of the movie, he's saying this as Batman. At the end of the movie, he takes off his mask and he's like, I'm Bruce now. Like no more Batman anymore. I'm fucking Bruce now. I'm telling you, we can have a life together. And what does Selena do? She kills herself and becomes Catwoman. Like the death of Selena Kyle's when she kisses him, and the birth of Catwoman is the end of the movie. That's why she's not looking for Bruce anymore. She's done with him. Like there's no humanity left in her. And Bruce is saying, "I've been Batman too long." I'm willing to give up my humanity to save yours. And she still doesn't do it. And he's like, I think he becomes better for that in a little bit of the ways. And we don't see the exploration of that change in the next movie, but he's not, it's there, but it's not big because the other two are more important in their arcs. But I also think his jealousy of Penguin exists. I think the fact that he likes Catwoman, but doesn't want to get past his moral compass, all that stuff is there, but, the narrative like is wonky and chooses things like we're going to steal his car for a bit and we're going to kill this woman and like we're going to frame Batman and all stuff like really it's just about how all these people are trying to be themselves. It's like it, it, it's a it's a movie about people that are weird already in society and then giving into that weirdness. Once you give into that weirdness, like you can do anything and who takes it too far and who doesn't. Who, who balances that line? Because Batman in this movie is not a hope for the city. It's about the hope for him in general as a person. I think that stuff is there, but it's all very, it's really dense. Yeah, because like, there's a lot of people. If you wanted to take a nap, there, hmm. there, you, we could definitely make like a, a pretty big list and long list of when you can close your eyes and then when you have to open them again. Because there's a lot, there's, there's a lot of that aimlessness in this movie but i but i also again think that i like these people and i like these characters and i like this world like that's yeah, not boring I, the more the more and more i've watched it this week the less and less i've cared about the things they're doing and more about why they're doing them like that that's the thing like i don't care that he's killing the ice princess i'm like why does the, why does the penguin want to take care of batman in the first place and like why does he want to become mayor in the first place that's more interesting to me than the batman thing like who cares about batman he just wants to be the mayor why cuz he wants to be a human like when he walks upstairs to his freaks who have just been waiting for him to come upstairs he's like don't call me the penguin anymore i'm oswald and then later when he gets fucked over he's like i'm not oswald i'm a fucking animal baby like that's so cool to me he's like burn the world i want to kill them all like there's interesting stuff here but like as an entertaining a b to c narrative 
No, it's not as focused as the last movie. And the last movie was also pretty aimless. This yeah. is more, this actually has a plot and uh, our, I'm sorry, this actually has a lot of thought put into its world and its characters. Whereas the last movie had a lot of thought put into its world and characters, but then had to stop when the production happened because there was a writer's strike. The writer was here the whole time. They worked on what they made. They did add some of the stuff late in the game and do some changes and stuff, but they knew what they wanted to say with the characters and the world and really didn't care about what the story was. It's just, here's another Batman movie, more villains, more story. And then after a while, he started to add these weird things and like, they're all fucking weirdos. Like it's just a movie about people who wear costumes and, and got them and fuck around. Like there's really there's no there's no like real analysis of Batman as a superhero. It's more about Bruce Wayne and why he fucking does this. Why do you do this? Why uh, what what is too far for you? What when do you become the penguin? When do you become Catwoman? What is Batman? Who is Bruce? Like that's all here, but that's fucking that's... hilarious. He even yeah, he even rips off the mask in the end of the movie. And the in this movie, in this movie, yeah, and the movie is also called Batman Returns, and he rips off his mask. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. I think it's a bad title, but a good Batman movie. Is it a good? Is it a? Is it a good movie? I don't know. It started a lot of problems. You you can see the the addition of too many villains in other movies. Too many like cooks. like. Like the like the Amazing Spider-Man two or Spider-Man three, or the X-Men movies. Like the more villains, the more problems. I agree, but I think this movie, the problem with those movies is that they really are trying to make the villains fit narratively in the plot and don't work thematically. Whereas in this movie, it's all about theme and it's all about character, and that's it. Like that's it. Like this is a this is it's a movie that's like, hey, they're just gonna have battles and shit. That's Gotham. Like, people are used to this shit. It's just going to happen. Like, a weirdo penguin dude? Cool. Like, we're used to it. I love it. I, I think it's thematically really, really good. I like the I like the way this Gotham looks. This is... Like, the, the sewer stuff is probably why I like the movie The Third Man so much. A lot of the shots are ripped straight from the sewer climax of that movie. Um, I like the cityscapes. <coughs> I like the look and everything. Um... Again, childhood. I probably remember this the scenes in this movie more than the last movie, but like both of them blend together to me about what Gotham is supposed to look like. And I think this one has more definition and detail, whereas the other one has like a really good broad broad stroke. Like the insides the insides of the eighty nine building are really detailed in how art deco they are. And that's not necessarily the case here, but I do think like the two to three streets and city square they create here are really, really good. Um, and it's just, it's weird, man. This is a weird ass movie. Like, yeah, as about we're to saying give him a all that job. stuff, I, I just watched Catwoman put her hand in his pants. Yeah. She, like, it's just like, I'm going to fucking rub your dick. And then he's like, she stabs him and he's like, fuck you. And he like shoves her off a building. He kills her. He basically kills her right in that moment. And you're like, wow, did that just happen? Movie, move on. Like, this has a lot of weird shit that I don't, I I do not want to lose in any way ever. I want more movies like this. I will take more movies like this any day of the week. Um, And it might be my second favorite Batman of the four. 
Um, I'm really excited for next week. I think that's going to end up being my favorite of them. Uh, I think Forever is going to end up being my favorite. But this one is really, I think it's my second favorite because of what it offers. The just like balls. It has balls to do this shit. What's the fourth one called? Is it Batman and Robin? Yeah. It's Batman and Robin. Why was my microphone muted? I don't know. What? I didn't even press the... Wasn't me. So we have Batman, and then we have Batman. Re- then we have Batman Returns. Then we have Batman Forever. In case you forgot that he yep. returned, apparently. Mm-hmm. And then it's just Batman mm-hmm. and Robin. Yep. Okay. So the first and yep. last titles make a lot of sense, but the two middle ones are Actually, for the audience. The the first one makes sense. The second yeah, one doesn't because it's meta and for the audience. The third right. one is fine but also the fourth is one is called bat the fourth one is called batman and robin but here's the thing the third movie is literally about him finding and becoming a team with robin and the fourth one is just about how robin is there and is his partner and way more <laughs> about other things i've always so, grown up and i'm like why isn't the third one called batman and robin and the fourth one called batman forever i don't know i don't know but because there weren't four of them because like it's so it's so they didn't think it through it like it just doesn't work the fourth little, one is not called batman forever title myth there it, it's just it's like the first movie yeah it's i don't know why they called the the fourth one batman and robin and only highlight you know what? the problem so literally only one title of these four works uh, on all counts, yes. And it's I like the I, I I mean I like the idea of Batman returns. Like he you're just watching another movie where the character returns. It's not the first time that happened. Like in the thirties and forties, they'd pump out sequels all the time because they didn't have TV. So it would be like Topper Returns, The Thin Man Returns, like Spider Man Two, Spider Man Returns. I honestly Spider-Man I would rather Spider Man Returns again. Spider Man Four. Spider Man. I'd rather returns have again. different words than numbers on it. Spider Man. Have an idea. I'd rather have different movies than than numbers. Um, How many years years was it between this this movie and the last one? Only a couple. Um, No, 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 no. Wait, this movie and and Batman and Robin? No, this movie and And uh, the one before. Uh, Three. I was going to say, like, maybe they named it Batman Returns because he's back on the silver screen, guys. We got this one off the ground. You're like, I don't know. No, Chris, you are, it. Chris, you are literally, you, that is it. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what. It was did. only a three-year wait. <laughs> the point, it doesn't matter. It's not about how long it's been to earn the word return. The point is he has returned. Atlanta, season three, Atlanta Returns. Star Wars, The Force Returns. <laughs> Why it did? It fucking does all the goddamn time. Um. Anyway. So. Yeah, so yeah, I. This movie's really weird. Like I'm, I'm still trying to figure out the tone of it. Like. Good luck. She swallows a bird whole, and then. Oh. Oh no! Hold on. Let me go she back. Just, she just puts it in her mouth. Yep. No, go back. The Wait, oddly, do, naked sexual charisma. Ah! That's the yeah. last thing I want to see right now. Ah! Oddly, oddly, this one is my favorite, and I think it's because of the penguin. 
honestly. I think, it's only, I think it's only because of Danny fucking DeVito being the penguin that I always loved when I was a kid. Um, I fully understand why parents and children were a little put off by this. Like there was that whole scene where he just had a, a dead gutted fish in his hand. He had, in black his mouth. Ooze, he had black ooze coming out of his mouth and then he had blood dripping out of his mouth and he just stayed like that for like 10 minutes. I can fully understand why people were like, why the fuck is this the second movie? What happened? Why is there like a genre change or like um, a rating change at this point? About that, that guy, that, about the guy he bit, who he, his nose bit off. Like if he wasn't wearing glasses, he would have had his eye poked out by Penguin's nose. Well, I don't want to spoil anything, but he does come back as Voldemort in the third movie. <laughs> um, that was uh, it all ties yeah. together, man. I, I really I, I love DeVito and I think Michelle Pfeiffer is amazing. And I think Christopher Walken is amazing. And I think Michael Keaton is as good as he was in the last movie. I think the production design is great. I think the soundtrack is the best thing Danny Elfman has ever done. It's a good soundtrack, period. dude. This is a really good soundtrack. It's the best thing he's ever done, period. And there are so many good things about this. I love how it's all in service of just like one of the weirdest things ever. It's that's so really, weird. That's really fun to me. And so I enjoy I like that this was my childhood in a lot of ways. The third one is way more important to me, but I love the fact that as a kid, not able to like understand my memories, this is what was there applying them and i like that a lot of the weirdness of who i am probably came from this certainly the old movies that i enjoy certainly film noir and certainly like a lot of other aspects to it but i i do understand that the story totally is all over the place um narratively is all over the place and is overstuffed but i do love it i think it's better than the last movie and i would take this over batman and robin any day of the week any day of the week my well, only Batman, other, nah, whatever. My only other gripe about it, like true gripe, <clears throat> um, it, when when she became Catwoman, uh, every, every fucking man in this movie just gets a hard on for her, and I've yeah. never I've never appreciated that in in a movie. Why? When no, hang on, dude. When when a woman gains confidence. And then that confidence makes her attractive. But it gets muddied and the line gets blurred when that when she dresses a certain way. And then that's all that the guy sees is just her being hot and her looking a certain way. Because she, which, which guy? Fucking Shrek. Mr. Shrek. Shrek He's like, Penguin. Ooh. Dude, like okay. so many people, <clears throat> Bruce yeah. to an extent. I just that it that always rubs me the wrong way. Pun not intended. Even though I, it's, oh, it's God. Well, for, that's what first, she said. Okay, oh. so first, first of all, I would say this: a, she is looking for somebody in general. She is looking for love, which proves that again, like many of the characters in this movie, it isn't just that people find her attractive and are horny for her. Everyone is horny in this movie, including her. So that's not a strange yeah, thing. Yeah, but they weren't the horny characters. for her when she had glasses on. 
No, because she didn't have confidence in herself. That doesn't mean that they aren't and she horny. Was a nerd. And she wasn't horny either. Now, I'm not, look, it's because she's a nerd. All, all I'm saying, but here's the thing. I don't agree that Michelle Pfeiffer is unattractive in the first nerd. part. Like, I agree nerd. that that's not, I don't agree that that's true. But I also think that she works in a world and isn't ha- doesn't have skill or doesn't have confidence. So she's surrounded in a world filled with people who are probably looking for other people than her. I just don't think she is a- I don't think she's in a position to succeed in any way romantically, personally, socially at all. So but wants those things and desires those things. And she can have sexual agency when she becomes Catwoman, but she understands that that's more of a tool than anything else. When it comes to Shrek and when it comes to Penguin, like when it comes to Shrek, she wants to manipulate Shrek. A, I think she kind of likes Shrek in the first place a little bit. Like, I think she was working hard to impress Shrek a little bit. What's not to like about Shrek? I don't think she liked him as a person. I just think there's a sense of confidence about him that she was attracted to that I just think is there. I think they wouldn't put the ad in the... um, in her apartment that they play more than once about uh, like seducing your boss, unless there was something there that she was also kind of doing, but like, it's not a blame on her. I just think that's the case. The interesting thing here about what you're talking about, Peter is Batman slash Bruce Wayne. Does Bruce Wayne see the new Selena Kyle and respond to her as a person? Yes. But what he really responds to her over time is the thing he sees within himself. And Batman and Catwoman immediately want to fuck each other because why the fuck would a guy dress like that not be attracted to a girl dressed like that doing the exact same thing? Like they actually do connect because they see themselves in each other in that moment. And like that's why they're that's why she is the horniest for him. Like he is attracted to her, but she is the horniest for Batman the like unbelievably so so I do I do see what you're saying and I do hate it in other movies when it is uh, like the most disgusting men doing that to a woman and like if people just put that in that movie for no other reason than to just say hey he's a bad person we're going to do this to this nice character who gives a shit I see what you are saying except every character in this movie is horny and I think this movie is making the argument of there's nothing wrong with having sexual agency and using that either as a tool or to have sex. Uh, she immediately jumps him on the couch. It's just because she has the acid burn on her arm and all that other stuff. She's like, fuck, I didn't think about that. I gotta yeah, go. Yeah, he, he grew acid at her. Yeah, that's fucked up. That's incredibly fucked up. Who that is, is this Batman? Crazy. Like, I, so I, have, I don't crazy. know anymore, guys. Again, again, I think the loss of Vicky Vale has turned him to a darker side and him seeing that darker side in someone who very closely resembles him and is literally asking him to join her. Please be dark as dark as me. I think he's realizing, oops, I don't think I want to be that person anymore and changes by the end of the movie. It's just not upfronted as a parent. Um, But I think Peter has a point like this isn't a perfect movie. She's not the most perfect representation of a a strong female character and i and i know people don't like that like usage of it but i think she has the strongest arc of the movie i think she has the most interesting arc of the movie i think that she understands the very thing that you were talking about and uses it as both an advantage and a driving force to make decisions 
And I also think that she is not logical. She is insane. She is lo- she, is, she is insane. So whether whether she whether the movie has these deplorable, disgusting people look at her, it I do think you have a point when well, I think in the last movie, Alfred is really, really, really horny for Vicky Vale, <laughs> where in this movie, I do think he's sort of like, I have a dirty limerick for you already. Like there is something weird, but like I think she sees what you are saying and uses it to her advantage. And I also now, think that there's one character in the movie that is attracted to her, but is it tra- is as sexually attracted to her as they are to her. But she is that way towards him for more than just physical reasons. Like they both see each other in the outfits that they are wearing and the way they present themselves as dark figures of the night. Um, do I think that that is like, do I think that, Tim Burton is very bad about female characters. Yes. And I think there are faults. That's what I was going to ask. There are faults here for sure. I didn't know if that was a Tim Burton problem or a screenplay problem. Well, here's the interesting thing. The guy who wrote Heather's is actually a script doctor and they hire him in because he writes very strong female characters. He was hired to write a very strong Catwoman character. I think he did a very good job. Like, He's written very good female characters before. Like that's his base, like higher female writers, I would say. But his job specifically has been to come in and have that kind of perspective. So like they did specifically hire him for that. Um, And I think he's created an incredibly complex, uh, contextualized version of Catwoman. In my Uh opinion, the most, I think she's the most interesting. And I think her performance is the best out of the three Catwoman that I've seen four that I've seen and uh, I think Zoe Kravitz is probably I I like her third just because I like she's doing pretty much the same thing that Anne Hathaway is doing Anne Hathaway just has these great moments of of like acting with the physicality like she gets to do the crying thing she gets to pretend that she can hurt this other person while also being way more physical than Kravitz is but like um, well, Kravitz, she wasn't I, even Catwoman yet. They, they called I, her Catwoman, but she wasn't even Catwoman yet. No one called I, her I, Catwoman in this. Yeah, she didn't really. I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not really basing this on what watch I think. Watch what you Catwoman, say, because watch watch the spoilers on that too. That I'm is. not. I'm not trying to compare her with what I think Catwoman should be as an idea. I'm saying what I got from the performances. Like I loved Kravitz's attitude. I loved like, just her walking down a hallway is fucking badass. I, I think she held her own. Uh, in the arguments, I think she was just as physical. I just don't think I think Nolan gave more showcase for Anne Hathaway as a performance, whereas Kravitz is a very base through line throughout the movie. Like she has a very interesting arc because she is the soul of Gotham. Like out of all the Catwoman Batman shit that I've watched this week, like that's the only movie that really takes it a different direction in terms of how um, they continue this argument of, Hey, you're going too far. And she's like, I don't think you've gone far enough. And I think they, they really take it somewhere interesting uh, in that movie. And I think she's fine with that, but also there's a lot of exposition that she pulls in that movie. Whereas in Anne Hathaway, she just kind of has this own story on the side. I just think she has more moments of compelling, interesting shit but like i may over time enjoy kravitz's character and like thinking about how she had to survive in that gotham 
that may be more interesting over time. Like it's still pretty fresh in my mind, but this to me is the most interesting Catwoman. You see beginning to end birth, but like the performance of Michelle Pfeiffer from mousy woman to like evil villain of Catwoman to sexy, to creepy and villainous to I'm going to hit on Batman to I'm giving it all at the very end. Like she gives everything in this performance and whether it's my, ver- like the definitive version of Catwoman is not the point. Like, I just think this performance in this character offers so much more than the other ones have. And that's why I love her so much. Um, I'm still trying to figure out how she breathes in that thing. Like, huh? Um, we, it just reminds me of the course set from the beginning of Pirates of the Caribbean one. It's like, how Zach, do you even manage? Zach, you've been pretty quiet. Do you have any thoughts? Um, I I would agree a lot with like the sense of that you guys were talking about about just the disgustingness of Penguin. Like overall, like like as Chris was like describing. Yeah, oh my god, I'm watching the thing where he's in the uh, the um, the Iron Maiden and he just like. <laughs> That's right, the Iron Maiden. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm quiet because I'm like rewatching this and like actually like can't. Iron Maiden. I don't know Alfred, why that got me when it happened. <laughs> Alfred, are you coming in the Iron Maiden with me? I mean, there's barely room for two. Like, oh! but it, like it is an Iron Maiden, but he he asked that. I'm in an Iron Maiden, Maiden of pain, boy. Oh man, one day. Uh, yes, that's a crazy moment. Yeah. Um, I do think like, like one of the favorite scenes was actually one I just watched, which was um, when uh, Penguin was in the fake Batmobile and he was like, bringing out the very end of Keaton, just like sits that fucking thing. He's so pissed off. I'm like, oh, great. What do you think about the? Uh, what do you guys think about the end with Penguin? How did they move him? Yeah, well, <laughs> those penguins are clearly like ants. They they can they can wit they can hold a hundred times their weight. <laughs> How do they I, I hold think anything? It, it's certainly the most interesting thing to me when it comes to penguin is that performance is great, but that is the tipping point. Like you, like I agree with Peter. I love him. I feel sympathy for him in some respects. He was obviously killing kids before he even went to that circus. But, yeah. like, Batman kills him, like, out and out. Just, like, throws some bats in his face. He falls to his death. And then he just kind of, like, sinks into the water. It, it may be the saddest moment of the movie. Like, as disgusting as he is, like, does that moment get to you guys at all? I, I felt sad. I really yeah, did. a little bit. Just, I, I don't excuse how... Uh, how he behaved in the movie and how fucked up he was. Um, but he was definitely doing some bad shit before this movie even started. And so oh, I don't really think he really fully had a chance to become a good person, but he could have done what Peacemaker did and been like, wow, I, well, all that shit I did was so fucked up. At le- the least thing I can do right now is, is just change. I can't change the past, but I can change myself to better the future. And that would that could have been cool, but this guy was just like, fuck it, I'm penguin. Fuck. Fuck it. 
And then I love he how. And then he Sorry. died as Penguin, not as Oz. He died as I, Penguin. I, I'm gonna be honest, like uh, looking at like kind of the backgrounds. I love how his like campaign poster that they've been using is like a very comic accurate Cobblepot. Yeah. Hey, when, a, when you have those opportunities to draw the character, you might as well do it like that. Yeah. I always, I always think that's a fun idea. What, when was the so you're really close to my age, Zach? When was the first time you saw this? Like you can remember seeing it. Oh God, uh, I can't remember the year just because it was probably that, but probably late '90s, truthfully. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't exactly remember when the, what year this movie came out. Ninety-two. Ninety-two. So. It would have come out the year before I was born, so I probably saw it on probably its first or second year of in, of syndication on TV. Mm. This was definitely like a cable movie for me. Like I can remember I too. One of my youngest memories was like my dad's best friend's daughter was babysitting us, and I saw the original <laughs> 1989 Batman on ABC, and. I probably saw this one for the first time a couple years after that. Mm. Yeah. Um, what, so. Hold on, hold uh, on. Maybe. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, it might have been. I saw it on its first premiere on cable on ABC when they first showed this movie for the first time on ABC. Oh wow. Which okay, was so. Ninety-eight. Yeah. Or so. So that means the first real Batman movie that you probably remember, like being in theaters and being big, was the fourth one. Then, yeah, would be uh, would be Batman uh, and Robin. Yeah, that that would well, probably of you. Well, things are a little bit different back then, Chris. In fairness, um, like back then, and I can remember a lot of stuff like that, like it wasn't nearly as big like star wars coming back was huge because i can remember the opening week into episode one because i went and saw tarzan instead (laughs) (laughs) and and, and hold on hold on this is actually a really great story uh and after tarzan was done i snuck in to watch the naboo invasion sequence in in phantom menace (laughs) Wow. All of Phantom Menace. Oh. I, that was the only shot of Phantom Menace I'd ever saw for like a year and a half. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> that is a mistake. Yeah. Oh. Well, in the long run, going to see Tarzan over Phantom Menace was not a mistake. But. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, pointing that out. <laughs> Tarzan's a pretty good movie. It My dad. Like Tarzan. I My talk, dad told me. I, I talked a lot about Tarzan when we talked about Treasure Planet because oh, yeah. Tarzan it was in that me. weird era. It was. and Weird era. It definitely was. It paved way and all that. But yeah, I yeah, it would have been Batman and Robin. Batman <laughs> Forever, I do remember a little bit, too, when it first came out, but not not too much. I'm so excited. Uh, like, but yeah, I would say the mo- the two of these four that I remember the most are the the back two for sure. 
this I this was, movie is the one I remember the most. For it's forever for me. I remember forever the most because I watched it the most because I liked Jim. Yeah, Carrey. I I can remember like Jim Carrey. I only remember Jim Carrey, so I can't, I like I, I can remember right, this Jim one Carrey, way more. So you finally joined Jones, but I, there's a it, there's a lot that I can say but, that is memorable the, about that third one. Yeah, I was gonna say the thing I remember the mo- the movie that I do remember the most though is the fourth one, which is Mr. Freeze, Poison Ivy, and Bane. I remember all. I remember that. I remember one, Bane but... just like not saying anything, being like. <laughs> God, I but forgot he, Bane was in that one. Yeah, he wears a fedora. He's like he wears a fedora. It's so good. Um, I really uh. It's ridiculous, but I love it. <laughs> that fourth I think one's gonna be a pain. Oh my God, I'm gonna. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun to rip apart, but like at, by the end, yeah, I think it's pretty painful. Um, I, I, I really, the first one I remember really well, and this one I really re- remember really well because of how much they were on TV to prepare you for the third one coming out. I think the third one I saw in the theaters because I just had to have, but I don't remember seeing it in the theaters. This one I, I think was for my age supposed to turn me off, but it didn't. I really liked it more. I liked how weird it was, and I, I think I think I like Batman and Robin less because of how much I liked this one at the time. Also, I was just growing out of the kind of tone that Batman and Robin is in movies like that. But uh, I, there was something about this that felt grown up and didn't talk down to me that I was like, "Yeah, fuck yeah, bite his nose off, yeah, do it, like shoot him." He was like, "He doesn't like your plan, shoot him." Like I. All this stuff made sense to me. I didn't understand the sex stuff, and it also didn't really care. And now that I'm older, I'm just like, yeah, it's fucking there. But as a as a 30 year old who is single, I'm just like, yeah, when you're lonely and you're sad, like that's going to be one of those driving forces. It's going to make you creepy, or it's going to make you intense in ways that people just aren't comfortable with. And that's why I love it. Like it, it just examines. It's an adult examination of cartoon characters, which. I, it, it doesn't know how to present it because it's the 90s. No one knows how to do that properly yet. And Tim Burton got close. In, in uh, he got on he got it on paper, but not in execution entirely. Yeah. I feel like, um, but it's there for sure. Like I, I, this is a really good examination of not just Batman, but all these characters and how they relate to him and how they relate to Gotham. And that is what you want. Like. We're going to have so many fucking Batman movies. Why not have something as fucking weird? So oh, I, I love it. I love it. And as a child, it did not turn me off. Uh, yeah. I don't think I was ever turned off by any of these movies, to be honest. I just like there are others that I just remember more than other than others. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what, this one as much as I do Forever and Ro- Batman and Robin. I definitely was turned off by Forever. That one, really, <laughs> I was like, wow, I would much rather just watch The Dark Knight. I'll just do that. There, are, there were, for us, there were better, there was a better Batman out yeah, there. Yeah, within my time of existing, I had both of those. I had The Dark Knight and I had these. So, I, uh, very different tones. Uh, I, 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 at the age that Batman Forever came out, I was very much 
first of all, I, when Batman Forever came out, it was a great time to be a Batman fan. Like it was probably the peak of Batman in the '90s, um, and there was no other way but down. And I I get that now. Um, at the time as a kid, I was just like, I love movies, any movies, like Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, give me movies, Mission Impossible, I don't care, I love movies. Um, by the time Dark Knight comes out, I have a way better understanding of film and my love for it and what I love out of it. So seeing that movie perked so many other interests in my mind than just being a Batman movie. And since then, I have a stronger understanding of what I respond to Batman. And it's not really Batman. And it's not about whether it's grounded or not. It's about whether the movie is a fun, interesting, entertaining uh, examination of this idea and property. It's been seen from so many different angles. What can you not give? Like Chris said earlier. But more importantly, what do I want from it? I want a good-looking Gotham. And now that I'm older, I love film noir. Hell, I want that because that's where that shit started. It started as a detective series about a man who dressed as a bat to both scare people and also because they didn't want to give away his secret identity. But they were always detective stories. And we just had never seen that yet. For me, as I said to Peter as I walked out the theater, that might be the definitive Batman. I really don't want any other one from there. They can make them and I can see what's good about them. But as a man who's grown up with it, that's kind of all I've ever wanted, which means there's something out there for everyone with it. So I I mean, Batman forever, I think is a nostalgic argument for me next week. Um, But I can see you guys looking at it and being like, this is corny and just give me something grounded and serious. But I remember watching 9-11 happen and watching my silly movies go. And I was like, I don't want Same Born. Here. I don't want Born. I don't want everything to look this way. Like, I liked Casino Royale, but I didn't want everything to look that way. And that's exactly what happened. That's why we have Mission Impossible 3. That's why things got so dour for so long. And I didn't like that. That's how I perceived it. So I, I was I, happy we got those Batman movies, but I also think about them less than I do other Batman movies. I, I need to watch say, all three of them at once. I was going to say, I, th- I think I agree with Alex in the sense that I miss the wacky, corny, colorful movies of the 90s, pre-9-11, than the, the darker, more grounded, more gritty stuff that we see post-9-11. I don't know if I necessarily miss them, but I miss the appreciation people had for them. That's all. That's I love movies of all kind. And I get when someone watches an old silent movie, they're like, I don't want to watch this. I want someone yeah. to talk. I, wa- I don't want to hear this clanky piano music. And I don't want these like no dialogue. I want to stop just looking at this thing. I get it. I like movies from all generations and look at it from that perspective. So I wish that people could see this 90s stuff for what it was, but no, they can't. You you guys grew up with what you had. So for you to see the merits, like I can't be Patrick H. Wellams, who in my opinion made a great video about Batman forever and why it's so great. And high top made one too. Um, I, I, I could make those arguments, but at the end of the day, it's you guys will never have the goggles that I had. And I'll nope. never have the goggles that I had for Dark Knight that I had was I, ch- I could to watch Dark Knight as a child. Would I find that movie to be exactly what I want from these ones? I have no idea. 
well, I'd have no idea what kind of person I'd have been if I grew up with Nolan as my blockbuster filmmaker. He, he seems a little bit too cold for me as a child. I needed those Mortal Kombats and the Speeds and the Twisters and the Diehards and the Terminator 2s. There's something about those that needed that I needed at that time that you guys needed what you needed at that time. So it's going to be an interesting discussion next week. This is, it'll be the peak Batman era for people like me. And it'll be the, the, the start of the downturn, the start of the downturn that creates what you guys love. So I, mean, I, 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 I find that so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> That's just what happens with generations. I, yeah. Like I grew up knowing nothing, but that nine 11 happened. You know, I didn't grow up with it happening before. And I mean, I technically did, but I don't remember that. I was like, I was literally a baby. I was like two. <laughs> so I don't really remember much from that. I, I was going to say, Alex, I, I think I'm much more in your camp because I was alive for, for considerable number of years watching movies long before. Yeah, there's just there's something about watching a global event change how you digest media, change how media is produ- is produced. Like um, b- b- uh, Trump, when Trump got elected, things changed, and you saw a lot of media about him, uh, regardless of what your opinion was. And then to immediately shift to the pandemic, if it was just one or the other, the things that we'd have seen would have been interesting, but the pandemic. And the effects of that, or if you want to look from a, a smaller microcosm, knowing when a writer's strike happens, and then you look at the films of that year, and you're like, yeah, okay, <laughs> they didn't have reshoots, and they couldn't do anything about it. That's why, like, fucking Transformers Two is as fucking crazy as it is. Like, they had no writer. Like, that's why the first Batman didn't know what to do at the end. They couldn't get their writer there because he was on a writer strike. So that that moments like that can affect things totally. Um, I. I I, I don't know if we can see something like 9-11 happen again. Uh, I think things have kind of like varied and there's so much different media out there that no one can say we can, that our action movies look like this. We have Marvel, but DC is proving that you can approach things differently. And that's just in one genre of filmmaking. Then you have these John Wick action movies, which are inspiring some other ones, but not all of them. Then you have like Mad Max, like things pop up every now and then in the nineties, most action movies kind of all looked like that. And certainly ones that were trying to broadly reach everybody. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if we'll have another nine uh, 11 that affects the way that we approach media and how it, it, we view it tonally as much as we did then watching that shift was so interesting to me. I didn't want another Batman and Robin, but it was interesting when you saw things like the fantastic four movies survive that transfer or like daredevil 2003. You're like, this feels like that's why people would say like, this feels like this should have been made in the nineties. Like Heck, but I'll, throw it out there. I'll throw the Incredibles in that pond too. I think the Incredibles is better than anything out of the 90s. Um, and I think a strong answer to that would be, or at least if you want me to view what you're talking about, uh, Chris, the best thing that I would need to do to do that is to sit down in one night and watch Iron Giant and then watch The Incredibles and literally compare them to as an ideas. They're the most, they're the most focused and fluid ideas from that director pre and post 9-11. Yeah, and Iron, Iron like, Giant is one of my favorite movies. 
how that is approached and how do you compare that to something that is uh, The Incredibles, which the two ways you look at it is like A, Fantastic Four, B, superheroes, but most importantly, family stuff. It's a family movie about yeah. families. There's yeah. every comedy, every family comedy, like Modern Family, you know, like it's all about families. It's the best way you're going to reach an audience. Um, I, I, so throw I'm a bunch a of fan. like sex jokes and like horniness in it? Is that what you mean? <laughs> I'm a big fan of the discussion of pre and post 9-11 in terms of what Peter's talking about. There's like the entire uh, something about Mary that reaches all the way to the American pie gross out comedy shit that like starts to go away after 9-11. Things start to get a little bit more like we're cleaning up. We're adults. We're at war. Let's fucking sober up like the like when. We were at war in Vietnam in the 60s. There was protest music everywhere after fucking 9-11. The biggest biggest music against the war was uh green day's american idiot it was an era where everyone was like where if you're against the war you shut the fuck up if you're for the war you go with it and and that was certainly something that was highlighted in the media it's in minority report it's why minority report is so washed out like no more color like let's get like things we we've been woken up guys this is the real word we're grounded now um that was certainly a shift into Batman Begins, but what I like about Batman Begins more than anything else, in, including Bond, is that that grounded nature is in the examination of the character, and that's not in any way uh, sarcastic or condescending or uh, pre pretentious. It is how would I approach this character logically? No more goofing, no more penguins with rockets on them. No more woman with nine lives. We're going to actually take this shit seriously and with love and with care. And I did appreciate that approach to it. But I think as we watch these four movies, I think the one movie that has the idea of who Batman is examines him a little bit, but also has fun and is focused narratively. It's probably Batman forever. It's the one that's going to have the most focused narrative, I think, out of all of them which may make it the best one outside of that. I hope you guys find it entertaining. I hope you guys do <laughs> because we'll I'll see. tell you right now, Batman and Robin is not. It's a dumpster. It's not entertaining. That last one's a dumpster fire. It's a fucking rough ride and it's long. So I They're hope you guys enjoy hours. the next one. Oh, if the, if, if Batman and Robin is the same length, as this movie in forever, it has never felt it. Dude, never felt it. Movie has been pretty much two hours, almost on the dot, within a couple God. minutes, if not a minute, of one each. <coughs> There's something about Batman and Robin that feels so fucking long. Ugh. Anyway, um, I hope you guys like Forever. Um, I think this movie is weird, but so Forever with, I think is the peak of it. Does if anybody else has any is anything they want to say? If you guys are ready to grade, I am. I'm ready to grade. I am I'm ready to grade. Yeah, I think I'm good. I'm ready. I'm Spartacus. Going once. Yeah, I'm ready, man. I mean, Going you twice. have like final thoughts with the grade, but. Uh, you know what? I, I'll just stop saying it then. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying that's what it's always been. I, 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 I was just being formal, okay? Where where would you guys? Uh, so did you guys like this one more than the last one? <sighs> no, I, I know definitively. 
if you need more time, Chris. I Penguin's great. Like Peter, I'm gonna need more time. That's okay. Um, I I like this one more. I, I've I've watched it three times now, four times. Nice. Four four and a half. I don't fuck. I don't know. Kind of blurred, you know? You know what I mean. It's like, in a good way, it kind of blurred. I don't really remember. Just today. But, four times today. Wow. Um, I, yeah, I, th- there's just something about Danny DeVito's Penguin that wins me over in this movie. And I that I really like this movie m- more than the first one. The, the, I, I'm not going to lie. That that first movie, the, the second time I watched it, it really started to feel like a chore. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I don't know if that's me being biased or not. I honestly don't know. I really don't know. Or it could just be because I am a product of post 9-11. But this this is even weirder and even more mature and immature at the same time. And somehow I like this more than the first one. Uh, the other one, I think I gave a B minus this one. I think I give it a B plus this is pretty, this is pretty fun and wacky. And I, I appreciate that in a superhero movie, they're fun and wacky ideas, but I don't appreciate the horniness even as an adult. <laughs> I think it's, I, I don't think it's right. I, you're not you single. Think, you don't think horniness is right. I don't think it's right for a fucking movie directed towards kids and Happy Meals toys. Yeah. I don't think that's right. <laughs> Peter, he's single. Is he? Like, if if I was looking at this as an outside perspective, <laughs> and there was no first movie, and there were no movies after or whatever, and this is just a solo thing that they did in the 90s, and they didn't market it towards kids and have Happy Meals toys and a bunch of kids toys, then I'd be like, yeah, this is funny. I like that. It's horny and weird. But no, that's not what they, that's not the audience they were, they wanted. And they let Tim Burton just do whatever, which was their mistake and not his. They should have been like, okay, let's make this consistent with this other movie that was geared towards kids, yada, 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 toys, blah, blah, blah. Let's make sure he's not making sex jokes in there and biting people's noses and ripping people's hands off and, you know, having decapitated limbs everywhere and fucking blood. (laughs) Maybe let's not have that. That's on the studio. There's nothing wrong with having your nose bit. It's just how much blood there was. There was a jet stream. Like, like, um, and then and then yeah. they never cut away and they they didn't think oh maybe let's have him like wipe his face no he just had no. black gunk and blood and a dead fish in his hand the whole rest of the fucking scene and he was barely clothed and sweating and shit and cum stains everywhere all over that thing too. oh no 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 he can't sorry, even reach how is what do you mean cum stains he can't even reach that's why the there's penguin, cum stains the all penguins over penguins help the penguins help oh that's why there's cum stains all over the thing because he can't reach. If he could reach, he would know that there's cum stains there, and then he would clean it off. I don't even think he can take that thing off. I don't think he has the ability to. I think it's the just... thing he was. It's the thing he was born in. Yeah, it was the thing he was born it in. It just stretched. stretched into who, like he fucking vacuum sealed that thing on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chris wasn't even listening that whole time. <laughs> 
I had him in the first half. <laughs> it was kept going. He was already left. on the ropes. <laughs> you kept punching him. The ref was like, "Stop it!" You kept doing it. The penguins help. <laughs> That's where we left him. That's where he went away. Wow. You didn't hear anything. That you didn't hear a single thing. That I barely heard anything, but like that image of like the penguins helping. (laughs) Okay. Oh Oh, wow, that's a god of wow. Yeah. Yeah, that was a while ago. We kept going. (laughs) Um. So. Okay, so you what was your grade? No, I was laughing. No, never mind. Go ahead, go ahead and grade. No, no, uh, we know what you were laughing at. Like, I'm asking, I'm actually asking Peter what his grade was. My grade is a B plus, and then with the horniness, um, I want to give it a B, but that penguin wins me over, even though it should not. This movie should be rated differently. <laughs> it's PG thirteen. I know, but like. Come on, man. She gave him a little handy. <laughs> and then stabbed him. Like straight up licked his face and then they cut to him and he licked he licked around his mouth and he's like, "Uh." Yep. Yeah. That's not a good thing. Oh. Dude, as a solo movie, I watched this on its own, perfectly fine. But as a series, because these are all in a series, this is the series wheel that we're doing. We have to pay attention to that sort of thing. Is it's it like, consistent? It's like Batman. None of these are consistent. All of these are four separate movies. That's kind of the point. That's why they didn't care whether they kept the same Batman or not. What a bummer. That's it's like. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It's like <laughs> Batman. It's like Batman and Batgirl having sex in uh, the Killing Joke animated movie. Uh, yeah, honestly, I've like, no, the, I don't know. The first thing That's we see in this movie is someone, these people throw a baby off of a fucking bridge. Yeah, they're horrible people. What? Rich people, rich people suck. What? Conjoined the? fingers. Yeah, but like they threw a baby off a bridge. Yeah, they did. And just watched it wash away. And then for like three minutes, we just see that little thing just float on through the sewers and my heart just sank more and more and more as the minutes went by. Minutes. Minutes. Minutes went by. Minutes. Credits as the credits I love went. it. I love it. I love it. Kids were supposed to be like, yeah, Batman. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Um Every everything that you were everything you were saying is true, and I love it, and that's why I would score it differently and higher. <laughs> God damn! Ah uh, man, this I, is better I think than we need the last. I think we need fucking more movies like this. Let no, the it's them a little <laughs> for kids. Yeah, yeah, I put the temple thing. I'm thinking like. <laughs> Not I didn't. I didn't grade. I didn't grade it. By the way, Chris, if you want me to go last, or if you want to go last, I'm trying to answer your question, my man. Like I can't. Oh, what? Oh, what was the question again? Uh, which is better, this or uh, oh, the gotcha. last one? Hmm. I think I gave the last one around a B. Hmm, is it better than a B? 
I really don't know. I mean, every grade is different. It doesn't really truly matter to a different person. But because I think it's better than a B. The grade, the grades that we do are mostly just meant to round out what our ideas are, what how we view this thing as a whole, more so than saying like this is a determined idea of what it is. Like they're malleable; they change over time. I like the idea of Catwoman. I like the performance. Um, I, but I'd be lying if I didn't say that. A lot of what you were saying, Peter, didn't like impact what I'm thinking of how I view this now. Do you want to take a forget me now? No. Okay. Um, you I have uh, I I have I have school tomorrow, so there's a lot of information that I like to keep. Yeah, um, you already said that. Especially the uh, penguins, uh, deep throating uh, penguin. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> that should that should be a gif. It's nope. a gift. Um, it's a gift. God, gift to the mind. Um, better than a B. I did have. I don't know if this is. I know I said last time that I had a little bit of an issue, like following the tone of the last movie. But I don't know if it's better or worse here. I'm thinking it's tighter yeah, here yeah, because that fun. line, because that line between goofy and straight and like straight up is a lot like is a lot like blurrier. Like they meld together more. Like it's more intentional about what it is. Yeah, I mean, as you were saying that, I just saw a dead fucking clown floating at the bottom of the sewer with a gun. Yeah, I, I, I see. I see what you're saying, Chris. If like, you freeze frame like, that, that dude, what? That, oh yeah, that image. That image is stuck in my you, head for years. What did you expect him to do? Years. Float? Um, yes, oh, fat. Float so down, yeah, we all, we all float down here, Georgie. Uh, I, oh, well, uh, I see. What you're, I see what you're that. saying, though, Chris. That in the last movie, the tone was all over the place, but it felt like the pieces were separate. Like they didn't really connect all well like you'd see a scene it was this tone you'd see a scene with this one and this yeah. one you feel like the tone is all over the place but the lines are a little bit more blurry right. like it's not like this that what was in one scene can carry to the next but once like one scene that can go all over the place confusing. but i'm also, saying that i'm saying that as i'm watching penguin rocket strapped to penguins launch all over the gotham I, city zoo I feel like I respect that more at the end of the day. I feel like there's more effort in trying to make everything. I, I, I like, uh, like I would rather, I, I don't know. Like sometimes I want to see the messy kids art project rather than the kid who drew inside the lines. Like that's, this is somebody who used the right colors, but did not draw inside the lines. And I get that. I do. Um, I'm not saying that it needed to be as hardcore in some of those areas that it was, but there's a lot of the, like some the, of those areas, the absolute freedom <laughs> in which this thing does not give a fuck uh, has got to be respected. And the mm -hmm. fact that it exists for that reason, and it's not in, it's not doing this just to be anything. It is a proper examination of Batman and the characters within this world and Gotham itself. It's not just doing whatever it wants as a Tim Burton movie. And then just like, like going crazy. It, it really is trying to examine something that he has been working with already. I, I will give him that credit. 
but you're i do see what you're saying like if this isn't for everyone it's fucking weird but also it's a story about a guy who dresses up like a bat to scare people and go out and beat people up you know what it kind of needs to be this weird every now and then yeah i kind of feel like i get that uh, oh my god, the fucking no black on his eyes before he takes off the mask is so oh. bad. So uncomfortable. <laughs> um, that. that is bad. That never. That will never age well. Uh, for me, rating-wise, I think I gave the last one an A-. minus. I'm going to give this one an A because the budget is bigger. Uh, the performances... Like, the, the last movie had Joker running around killing it. And Michael Keaton is great, but Joker's just killing. He's the crazy performance. This has both Michelle Pfeiffer and Danny DeVito, as well as fucking um, Christopher Walken doing a pretty damn good fucking villain. When he argues for his son's life, that's amazing. He's like, hey, look, come on. Like, kill me. Don't you want to? I fucked you over. I betrayed you. I fucked your dog. Like, come on. You want me, right? Like, I love that. I love that scene. It's so funny to me. He's like, it's the one admiral thing he does, and it's fight for his son's life, and he does it with the exact charm that he does, like get everything. Oh in his my life. god! I oh, really have the always. Blacklist. Oh, I really do love that about him. I think every. Perf- I think there's three killer performances in this movie. Danny Elfman's great soundtrack, better set design, just better looking cinematography. It's still a proper examination of uh, Batman, like. And it, it, it just it's crazy ass bonkers movie like it's just it's be, it's more ambitious and takes more chances than the last movie. And I'm going to go a with it. I think it's an A. It, it All the things you guys said, it's not for kids. It's not all that sure. And if you watch it with your kids as a parent, I can see sure. you turning it off. But years from now, if you grow up and you're like, if I watch this with my 14 or 13 year old kid, I don't see a problem with this. Well, yeah, I don't see a problem with a parental guidance 13 year old kid. It was rated 13 PG 13. So if I took my 13 year old kid to this, I would not have a problem discussing all the things with them. Like I, I think this is fine for 13 year old kids with their parents. It is part of a series though. Yeah. But the series, I think this as a sequel to the last movie still works. Like, I still think it works. It's just more adult. Like, Harry Potter. Do you think the last Harry Potter movie is equivalent to the first Harry Potter movie? Yeah, no, but no. There, the there are other the movies audience, between those. The, yes, the audience grew up, and it grows with the audience. I think this movie is a fine sequel to the next one. But, like, they de, they de, they de-evolve. They devolve and as the movies okay. go on. They get dumber, and they get worse for the audience. So if there's a median here, I think the last movie kind of gets it tonally the 89 is the most consistent tonally whereas this one i don't think is but also i just i find it more entertaining on so many other levels like there's so many other things to love about this movie does it congeal as a whole script wise no but like there's way more things to enjoy about this than the last movie regardless of whether you have a problem talking to your kids about it with. I, so. I agree that's why i gave it a higher grade and you did the same B, uh, nah, A for me. That's an A for me. Zach, do you have a grade? I really need all the time I can get. I, I don't remember what I graded last week. Do you guys remember? I do not. Uh, I'm gonna I think you said a B. I don't know if you gave it an A. I don't know if you give anything an A. I give some things A's. Anywho, let's just assume I gave it an A- minus for, for the sake of argument. Uh, yeah. 
Meet in the middle. I agree to that. What? Right in the middle. I agree with that. That's what yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, when I give this one, <laughs> I would. I think I'd give it an A minus as well. It's it's. I think it's equivocal because it's bigger, but it it is weirder. <laughs> it is so much weirder. But it's yeah. fun. It's fun weird. You know what I mean? There's stuff I can understand that people wouldn't like, but there's also. It's the dude's pure vision. Like, how can you? Yeah. Exactly. Agreed. It's a pure, utter vision. I have to respect this. It's weird. It's not my vision. Is it my cup of tea? Not necessarily, but man, he committed. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I, I think, I think with that help, Chris, I'll do one last thing, and that is, I will, I will take my A minus from eighty nine and turn it to a B plus and make this an A minus. I think that's fair. I think it's at, it's it's on par with eighty nine, just because it's it's different. But he he committed so hard to it. Yeah, but A minus for me, B plus for eighty nine. There are much there are much easier ways to off a baby than chucking it in the carriage off a bridge. <laughs> yeah, it would have saved it would have saved Bruce's life a lot of trouble that's for sure and a lot of people's lives would have been saved if they just murdered that baby gotham is very good i can't know but what if they what if they nurtured that baby dude what if they treated it like you know any other person i'm looking b pointing that out is the wrong move i can't think of i can't think of think of this movie on those terms Like, like i can't let that affect me I just think it's I just think it's I just think it's funny that they chucked a live baby off a bridge in the carriage. I didn't think we all have our hobbies. Oh, what I'll say. Sometimes it's that is not their first kid. Okay, I don't care what that guy says. They got bad genes, <laughs> and they keep throwing kids in weird places. They didn't didn't they need to invest in better uh, brands of uh, denim? What, um, if, what if all the Batman villains from now on are just their kids that they just keep killing off? <laughs> Why has this kid got two faces? What the fuck? What Batman's the, arrested for? Te- <laughs> Batman's been arrested for completely slaughtering the Cobblepot bloodline. First off, <laughs> first off, first off, Alex and Peter, yes. you, you've God. Been, what's the number one rule of being a villain? Always extinguish the bloodline <laughs> of your own bloodline. I really have oh, to watch. Oh, Quinn joke. I really have like, to watch. Really murders um, that whole family because if you don't extinguish the bloodline. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this I murders a whole family. I really have to watch Dark Knight Rises again if just just to compare. I can't really. S- I'm having a hard time like ranking the three good cat women. Catwoman. Yeah. Um, Honestly, this movie should have been called Catwoman Begins. the The last <laughs> shot we see is Catwoman looking at the bat signal instead of Batman. I mean, that's like saying Mad Max should have been called Furiosa. Like, uh, no, no, yeah. no, it's uh, it should be it should be called. Should we call the Batman? It's Michelle Pfeiffer and Leather Plesier movie. Um, She's horny. Look at her, her curves. She looks gorgeous. Um, 
I don't think I must have missed the part where um, Vicky Vale's supposed death. She doesn't die. She doesn't die. She just leaves or is just not present. She, she, okay. So she, I uh, think I may have missed that part when he's sitting down with his date with Michelle Pfeiffer, which is very reminiscent of the date that he had with Vicki Vale, which by the way, if you watch that scene again, the fire between him representing the fire that they have is like awesome. It's a great shot. But, uh, he tells her, she's like, what happened? And he's like, uh, she couldn't deal with the duality of my nature. And honestly, I couldn't either. And he and, shows Batman over yeah. uh, having a relationship, a normal relationship. I see. He chose himself over, you know, changing himself for someone else, which is, if that's okay. not a good thing, then you but should. Like, well, uh, I must have uh, been the thing is he trying can't to have help a re- mom with her word puzzles. He can't really have a relationship with a normal person. He could have a relationship with Catwoman if she wasn't an insane psychopathic criminal. <laughs> anyway, uh, because I was about to say that didn't really like <laughs> that didn't really play. <laughs> um, so complicated. <laughs> it's so complicated. Also, uh, trademark. Um, <sighs> better or worse than me? I'm. Mm, I'm sorry this is taking so long, guys, but there's a lot to sort through. Like, like his love life, I think. <laughs> oh, he fucking got you, Bruce. Uh, fucking got, got you, Bruce. He's got a very complicated love life, that's for sure. Like, what yeah, if he was in a bar and he's, like, trying to describe this this relationship he had? So, oh, fuck. you got to understand that my parents, they were shot. There were pearls everywhere. And... I Is just, Christopher Walken Batman? What the fuck? Yeah, a Batman. Didn't you know? Yeah. Look, I got you. I'm I can do the voice too. Um, I am the knight. <laughs> <laughs> I want him to say and like nods and like looks off in the distance. Yeah, I'm the knight. I still can't picture him as an army sergeant. I'm sorry, Pulp Fiction. So that's um, what I feel like. Oh, dude, again, I can't wait for you to see Deer Hunter, man. So anyway, he won an um, Oscar. He won an Oscar for playing a Marine. Do you know where those drugs were going? Do you? I. I'm gonna go. Well, the with... same split right down the center. <sighs> there was Doug Jones. That should automatically make it better than the B. Um, just for the job, nah, man. Doug Jones existing gives it makes it better than a B. What just if for the shot, Doug Jones instead of the fat dude? That would be I, I tragic. Gotta, I gotta say, my favorite shot of the movie is right after she <laughs> destroys she destroys her apartment, and you see the hello there through the window, and she stands up. I just love everything about that shot: the set, the light, the color, well, just everything. Hell here. hell here, yeah. Like I just love that shot. Where I'm caught up on is that muddy water of tone. I think that's what's stopping me. It's like, is this I really think it's a real problem? 
is this really more consistent than the other movie? Because now I'm double. Because now I'm like double checking well, myself. With with what I did, it's like yet yeah, you can give a movie. You can give two movies the same grade, but for different reasons. So you can do that right. for this. It's not the same grade, but you can give it a better grade for a, for a different reason that you gave the other movie a, for, good, for a good grade. I don't want that confuse you. Yeah. Where's think... Rachel going? Do you know which way? And you're going to love <laughs> it should have me. Been... It should have been. It should have been walking instead of Affleck. Really, it should have. That's where it should have been. Does the do black bleed? Tell me. On my eyes. Is there? Tell a me. Contract? Do you bleed? You will. Uh, <laughs> you will. Hey. Why did Why did you say that name? Why did you say that name? <laughs> you will bleed. It's you okay. Will. I'm a friend of your son's. Look, don't talk about Robin. Just don't. <laughs> Hot subject. Ah, uh, man. He bites I think he's like, you know what? You know fist. what? He's like, <laughs> Hot I subject. I'm, this is very tentative. I'm not 100% certain on it. I'm probably going to have to sit on this for the week. I may have to come back next week. For a definitive answer. And if you really want to, you can hold me to that. Well, it is a series, so it makes sense. I think this is higher, so I'm going to go B+. Seems to be the, the, the common thing here. It is better in some ways. In some interesting yeah. ways. But for me, way. right now, it's not by much. Because I don't see a lot of difference between this movie and the last. I think this movie builds off of that, but it's not like it's it's more or less continuing that in a different way, if that makes sense. But would you would you rather which one would you rather watch again? Would you watch this again or would you watch the first one again? Just curious. If you went back, you know, uh, like not because it's playing right now. I'm kidding. Um, if I had to go back, if I had to watch this or for the Joker again. I mean, for Prince, I'd go back to the first one. Um, nah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm really happy there was no Prince in this. Not I crazy. watched this music video for it. It was crazy. Right? Fat dance. Uh, I, I really can't say. I really can't say. But like, baby, it's cold outside. I... I really can't say. What was the question again? Which, Which one would you, would you rather watch? This one this or one. the first one? This one. This one has more to offer. Better action scenes, more than one great performance, just better money. It's got money. weird shit. A Citizen it's, Kane it's more, reference that I get. It had a Citizen Kane reference. Fuck yeah, man. I, I think this one has more to offer, despite its crazy tone it's more consistent in that it's weird. Whereas the last one is like, Hey, we're going to be a Gothic action movie. And then Robert Wall's going to make some jokes about your legs. Like we're going to do time. Here we go. Oh, left time, baby. Like this, right. this movie's like, 
this guy's going to be weird and then this guy's going to be weird and then this girl's going to be weird and this person's going to be weird and this person's weirder than that one but hey guess what <laughs> get more weird like i it think that's always, yeah i forgot i really forgot about <laughs> the things that the that reporter said it's like hey legs like oh god no like, i i think that's more consistent i guess I, the I, biggest I, message i took from this movie is that you know it's pro choice this movie is pro choice to, to kill someone, if you want to choose to kill someone. I don't think Selena Kyle had much of a choice when the cats brought her back to life. But the cats, um, the cats she chose, was, and that's her choice. She, she came back to life, which the cats <laughs> gave her. Uh, I was trying to, like, I was trying to, like, make a serious face, but I can't no. do that. That was funny. <laughs> This the logic is sound. My logic is sound. <laughs> okay, Spock. Um logic is sound. Logic, logic sound. Sound. Captain, <laughs> we we will not fit. Uh, that's wow. what she said. Um <laughs> We got to do those. We got to do the DJ from Star Trek movies. Um they're part of the whole Star Trek. I know. That's going to be a lot. Anyway, um Maybe this by like a very. I think I would watch this before the first one. If I had to watch one of the two again. Okay, now bigger question. Would you rather watch? So now that you pick the two, out of the two, one out of the two, this. Would you rather watch this, or would you rather go to the Nolan trilogy? Uh, wait, no, no, I'm sorry. You can't pick three movies versus one movie. That's no, no, no. Fair. Like, whatever his favorite Nolan movie Nolan Dark is. Well, it's, it's The Dark, Dark Knight. Knight. Okay, yeah. which and one would you go to? the answer is, it would be The Dark Knight. All right, that's a wrap, everybody. Thank you for having me. Um, <laughs> I, I think I he will, just proved I, his point. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean I, yes, I agree that that movie is better than this because it's just a flat-out better movie. It's just got... Uh, it's but, got better things going for it, but I will say this. I think the third act of that movie has waned for me over time, whereas the third act of this movie has only gotten better. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I would never – I would obvi- I've obviously watched The Dark Knight more in my life than I have this, but it's pretty goddamn tied. This is a childhood thing for me, so The Dark Knight is like – that's like an adolescent teenage thing. Like I, I – I, I, I was in my – I was just at a, I, was, I would have been just out of college at that point in my early twenties. So like the effect of the dark Knight is pretty prominent for a lot of people, including myself. Like I loved movies and it was a movie that everyone loved during a time where movies were excellent. Like 2007 and 2008 was a fantastic time for movies. So I, that whole period holds a lot of love in my heart uh, for sure. But on the consistency of both movies, um, it depends on the mood, honestly. Now, for me, if I want to watch a movie, well, it always that depends. Is, every every well, question like this. My, my, well, my re- yeah. no, I'm talking about my mood. Like normally, like if if someone were to say, "Do you want to watch um, Speed <clears throat> or Mad Max: Fury Road?" Both chase movies that involve some sort of element to being on the road. I'd say Fury Road in a second. It is way better than Speed in all the regards, including the things that are similar. When I think of these two movies, I don't think of them. As Batman movies, I think of them as two different things. Like, 
like Dark Knight is a thriller. It ha- it ebbs and flow from going suspenseful to like nervousness. Like the whole point is that it's got this kind of calmness to it, this kind of like coolness to it that you get from Heat. You took a lot of that from Heat. Whereas this movie is all over the place and crazy bonkers. So it's like if I was with a group of people and we wanted to watch something crazy and fucking weird, I would put this on. But if I was by myself at home and I kind of just wanted to be centered and in my own headspace, I put on The Dark Knight. I know it very well. I can quote those lines. But I also feel like I've always felt this, actually. The Dark Knight has some slow pieces for me. I think it's a perfect movie for a lot of reasons. But this movie, if it's never boring. There's always something fucking weird going on. So I, I've, I should say... Batman Returns because of Night Nostalgia, and I should say Dark Knight for other nostalgic reasons. I'm right in the dead center and finding a mood piece. Um, Chris has made it very clear that the Dark Knight is like above many films for him. So I can see why that's the case. But I think the better comparison is between this and the first Batman. I, mm-hmm. I think that's a more apt thing. Like, oh, I think it's pretty clear that the Nolan trilogy is better than the entire franchise we're looking at here because there's no consistency with any of the four films here. Look at these movies like Bond movies. Like, all of the Craig movies are still inconsistent in what they are. Then you look at the Pierce Brosnan films and it's the same. Some are great, some are awful. You look at Roger Moore's, like, one's a space movie, one he goes to, like, China. Like, there's, uh, they're all space. over the place. Like there, there's different lead actor, different perspective from the director, different approach to how the story is told. That's how they're approaching this here. And I don't think that was a good idea at all. Nolan's trilogy of films have weak points, but as a whole, as a view, as a picture, that knocks it out of the park. I can't, okay. I can't compare that to most. Okay, so, like, cop out I, answer. I, I, Got it. Um, my next no, I, question I, is, <laughs> <laughs> my next question is. Uh, I think is very fitting for the two movies we've had this week, two Batman. Okay. Um, which two, which of the two would you rather watch, the Batman or Batman Returns? There's no question for me. I'm watching the Batman. Fuck this movie. I mean, dude. yeah, but I was just like, I wouldn't say fuck this movie. Well, it's fitting. I know. Horny. Anyone? It I, is. Crowd went it is. It is fitting. It is very horny. Um, but the Batman. I, yeah, I just said I'm slow. But I, here's the thing: the Batman for me, because of how much I love film noir and detective stuff. But the only reason that exists is because of this movie. Like the only reason I have a love True. for any of the things that I love about that Batman is because this movie exists. So I, I give it that credit. Yes, I would watch the Batman, but the only reason that is the case is because of this shit. Well, yeah. Asterisk. Asterisk, baby. I could have given that answer. You could have, but you did. <laughs> no, I didn't. And now didn't it's on recording, and now it's on to. fucking recording. Because I didn't need to. That's on fucking recording. Billy Bob? Is it on record? Yeah. That's Billy Bob. Why is there a man named Bob in your room there? Uh, Chris, there's not a man named Bob in my room. There's a man named Billy Bob in my room. <laughs> Thornton? Hell yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, look, yes, I will concede to Peter's We're point. looking? The Nolan movies are better than than these films. Dark Knight is better than Batman Returns. 
and it's better than Batman 89, but they, they would not exist if not for these films. And there's merit to these films, these two Burton ones. Yeah, they're, they're pro-choice. If these movies like, didn't exist, then, you know, we wouldn't I, have gotten that's the other not, That's not what I that th- means. I think along with Edward Scissorhands, Edward, Edward Scissorhands is probably a metaphorical autobiography for who, like, Tim Burton is. But this movie is probably the closest examination of everything that he enjoys as a storyteller and filmmaker. Like, everything that he embodies and everything that he's made before and since is in this movie, but cranked up to 11 because the writer is like, let's just crank it up to 11. And I, I'm very happy that this exists. And, I've, like, if I didn't grow up with this and I had just seen this movie this week, do you know how much I would be freaking out about this thing existing? Like, there's so much fucking bug nut shit that happens in this movie, and it's entertaining and good and how it approaches it. So I, I, my mind would have been blown in a lot of ways, but like the dark Knight is slick as shit. It's cool as fuck. It's like a, it's like a miles Davis record, but it's Batman. Like I can't, I can't ignore that shit. The first movie I argue so much. I argue the like quality of Batman begins way more than people think I would. And I think the third movie has a lot of great things about it, but I do not love it. And but it's a good climax. It's a good end to everything, but it's not great. In fact, I would watch Batman. I would watch Batman Returns over Batman uh, over Dark Knight Rises any day of the week. In fact, I've I would probably. Yeah, that the third act in in Rises kind of threw me off. You know, it just got to the point where Batman's just punching Bane in in the with all these people running around. I'm like, what the fuck? Eventually, lost me. E- eventually, we will get to Nolan's movies. Well, we had to but talk I about was these fine. First. I was totally fine until the whole until that bomb goes off. I, I was like, like I, I was totally oh, fine you, until like that bomb goes off. I was until just he like fake, he fake dies. Yeah. Why? Just, Wait, what? He's he's oh you're you, so you were did not you responded negatively to Batman carrying the nuke and blowing up in the distance. He didn't go far enough. That thing did not go fast enough. <laughs> oh, okay, that's okay. I got you. I got to tell you, Chris. There are probably about fifteen <laughs> of those things that I have for that movie. Like things that I have such a problem with that they took me out of the movie. There's a lot of those for me, and that's one of the key reasons why I don't like that like that one that much. I think the third act of Batman <laughs> Begins is pretty weak. So there's a part of me that, like, if I'm if you've got me on the right day, I probably would say I'd watch Batman Returns over Batman Begins. The um, Dark Knight the Rises. Dark Knight, the dude <laughs> faked his death and he went away. Dude, he fixed his back in a hole nowhere. Dude, he broke his goddamn back. He wasn't getting up. Knows like there's a doctor in the hole. He just, like fuck all that shit. Like, and not e- not even mentioning the entire thematics of the movie post Occupy Wall Street, where it's like, hey, this is what it would be like if the fucking socialists took over the city. Like fuck that shit, man. Dark Knight Rises has problems, okay? And I would watch Batman Returns over Dark Knight Rises. And if you got me on the right day, I would pick Dark. I would pick Batman Returns over Batman Begins sometimes. But I will. I think the Dark Knight is better than the Batman Returns, no doubt, for sure. Oh. And the tri- that trilogy is better than this franchise. So, uh, yeah, that's God, that was hilarious. 
was so funny. He didn't go far enough. That's what no, she said. No, he didn't. But he also yeah, broke I... his fucking back and somehow yeah. crawled, threw himself out of a fucking hole. Guys, there's 15 other things wrong with that sh- with that fucking movie. But I gotta say, tonally consistent. I like the performances. And as a conclusion to everything, one of my favorite things is the time jump and how everyone perceives Batman and the anticipation of Batman returning in that movie. No, rising. Better word. They should have called it The Dark Knight Returns except of the comics, for sure. Anyway. Batman's back returns. We will... Um, we will get to Nolan's Batman. Like, rest assured, we will get to it. I mean, the comparison... We're at the mercy of the wheels, but we'll get to it. Well, the reason we didn't put it... Pure elimination. Well, the reason we didn't put it on the wheel, and it's not on the wheel, is because we needed to do these first. And part of doing these is talking about the movies that led to the creation of Nolan's Batman in the first place. Hmm. So, um... Can't have begins without Batman and Robin. That was the last Batman movie Bob Kane ever saw before he died. Oh, God. That just makes me sad every time I think about that movie. It's just like Bob Kane missed a whole era of Batman. Dude, he watched his one character. Three now. Entire world for an entire century, for almost an entire century of the world. I think he was fine. Yeah, he kind of missed a lot. Anyway, you missed uh, my birth, man. That's sad. It's uh, and you're great. Oh, thanks. So, I know. Uh, <laughs> thanks. I know. <laughs> it's just like, I take it back, honey. You look great. <laughs> I didn't ask you. Um, I take great back. line, great line. So, let's get out of here. Uh, so next time, Batman Forever. Is it? Hell yeah. Yep. That, nope. It's too Val, Val Kilmer. <laughs> a a, a very Kilmer. good Batman. A very good Batman. But is it? Good, a good Bruce Wayne. Does the movie ever end? Are we going to be stuck yeah. in a loop? No, no, no. It, it's Maybe. only two hours. It's only two oh, hours. okay. So Batman two hours is what it should have been called. Yes. Uh, okay. if, if that. I mean, if you want to be literal about the title and not, you know, artistically metaphorical and creative about stuff. Yeah. Well, they haven't been. They've been for the audience anyways. They might as well should have been called Batman Two Hours. Man, if you if you that's how you want to be all literal and uh, about your brain, man. I think they should call it Batman and. Ro- oh, wait a second. God damn it. <laughs> so yeah. Um. So there you go, everybody. Batman Returns. Question and mark. The Batman. Um, Brief. And the Batman, yep. briefly. Um, and, and Mask of the Phantasm. And Mask of the Phantasm. We watched a lot of Batman. It's a Batman week. Yeah. Bat week. It's, a, it's um, a Batman thing. You wouldn't get it. The wheels do, and the wheels did. Um, so, next time, um, Batman Forever. Chris O'Donnell. Um, I'm excited about this one. He's so you. I'm excited for and the He's soundtrack. so you. <laughs> um, I love it. Yeah. So, uh, say goodbye, guys. Let's get out of here. Bye. Bye. Um, uh, uh.
I just need a drink of cold water. Quack, quack, quack. I can't really get, a, think get of Elijah Wood really... in here to do some penguin dancing. <laughs> Hashtag release the whoever the hell wants it cut. I really can't think of anybody else who could possibly direct this. Besides Tim Burton. You could, Chris. Believe in yourself. Do you, have a, do you have a time machine? Do you have a time machine? Hi, David Lynch here to direct Batman Returns. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Uh, goodbye. Uh, goodbye.